1: Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show,
2: live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? We are here to talk about Kenneth Walker, and we have some good news. We had some news earlier today break, and I was going to go live on this, but I was waiting for a little more information to come in like it did and therefore go live with all the facts instead of going live on the first little you know, inkling of facts. So let's hit the news desk intro and get to it. Appreciate you being here live for the Fantasy Football Show. We're live whenever there's breaking news. And here's the news desk. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. Live whenever news breaks because your boy Smitty is not just live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, to bring you your daily show, your daily fix of not just fantasy football news and fantasy football goodness, but your, your NFL goodness, your NFL news. I'm live whenever news breaks. Sometimes I gather the information first. Sometimes I just go live and fire off, but we're always here doing it. And right now, or earlier today, Pete Carroll came out and told reporters that Kenneth Walker is undergoing a procedure... That The team has said is not a sports hernia, which was good news right when it hit because, you know, we were were still vague at the time. We're like, okay, what what does this mean? It's not a sports hernia. That is good. Sports hernias are not good. Sports hernias are things that could put you on the shelf for quite some time because you have to actually repair it with surgery and then it's a long, lengthy process back. So the, the hope was maybe it's just a regular hernia of some sorts. There's all different, you know, ways and places you could have a hernia Hernias essentially—it sounds a lot worse than it is. In some cases, and in some cases, it is really bad. If you—if you imagine this piece of paper is the lining of your uh, your abdomen or whatever, you you have organs that are held in. Think of it like a a backpack, okay? Your backpack—the the lining of your 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 body cavity holds these organs, right? If there's a hole in it, and let's say it's a small hole. You know, and and there's a lot of reasons why you could have a a hole, an injury, uh, exertion, whatever creates a a hernia and you have organs like your intestines and and different things that that can, when you're exerting energy, you're pushing, you know, everything. And then maybe a little bit of your intestine or an organs, like actually protruding out of that hole. Not a good thing. Hernias are not a good thing. That's why when you are a kid, they always did a hernia check. Cough, cough, right? Right. Well, there are different sizes, there's different places the hernia could be. Essentially, what you don't want is this gaping hole, and you have organs that are trying to like come out. You have to fix that. There's all kinds of ways to describe this as well. Um, but, essentially, we got the word that it was a sports hernia. So, the we're, we're, good news, good news. Then this news broke. This is Ian Rappaport who we you know, we're kinda team Rappaport. We're not really Team Schefter right now. Schefter's kind of like on our our in our doghouse, but we're team we're Team Rappaport. Yeah, we're Team Rappaport. We kinda like the Rappaport side of things. Um, he comes out. They both can miss at times, but you know what? They're breaking news left and right. They're hearing information, throwing it out there as fast as they can. You know, I don't I don't fault Rappaport. I I, I think I think Sheffer's getting a little a little weird in his in his uh with the, it's going to his head. I think maybe he feels like Rappaport's taken over his uh, his his you know industry, so he tries to separate himself by giving opinion pieces, and, and, he, and he doesn't do good with opinion-based stuff, in my opinion. In my opinion, he doesn't have a good opinion, is basically what I'm trying to tell you. But Rappaport came out saying, my understanding, and it's good that he's giving us a little clarification, that he doesn't know for sure he's hearing things, he's piecing it together, he's trying to inform us as quickly as he can. Hit that thumb-up button. We have about 70 or so people in here, only 24 thumbs up. We don't even have a, 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 we we only have a 50% ratio going on here. Wipe thy feet in the door, let's go. Uh, Kenneth Walker underwent surgery already to repair a hernia. Not what is sometimes called a sports hernia or core muscle injury, which is the more severe kind. And he's expected to make a full recovery, which... We kind of knew anyway, but it's nice to see it on, on written word. And the plan is for him to be out there in week one if all goes well. That's probably optimistic um, talk, which is fine. It's not doesn't mean it won't happen. I'm just saying you're going to hear positive talk about anything. I mean, you're, you're hearing Zach Wilson's going to be shooting for week one, and Zach Wilson's probably not going to be out there in week one. You never know. We don't want them rushing Kenny Walker. You don't want them rushing Zach Wilson. Um, but week one is like a real... Good potential target date, which means that by the time he was ever going to get a hold of the starting job, which wasn't going to be in week one, we might be no far off course than normal for a Kenneth Walker takeover. I'm not saying that this isn't throwing a monkey wrench into the situation. I'm not saying that it's good that he's going to miss a bunch of time you know, preparing and trying to, to get in the best positioning possible to take away the starting job from a, a non-injured Rashad Penny, but he will be in prime position pretty much just as he was in Week 4, in Week 3, in Week 5, and while he might not be taking the job before Week 1, which may have not even been a possibility because of Penny's finish to the year, they're going to owe him a certain number of carries, it could have been a 50-50 Divide walking into week one. That wouldn't have shocked me at all. Kenny Walker was impressing Pete Carroll left and right. There was there was excitement in his voice whenever he talked about Walker. So I know he loves Walker. I know he wants him out there. This guy's a soldier. This guy's a warrior. I have no, no questions at all that he's going to get back to where he needed to be. It's just going to be a little bit of a, a detour, longer path. That's it. You know, it's like chutes and ladders. He slid down the ladder a little bit. But who's to say he's not going to get right where he was rolling a bunch of, I don't even know if you rolled Dyson's and shoots, and ladders, but like instead of rolling threes and fours and moving across the board like he was, he might be rolling sixes every single time and catch up to where he was and is not even missing a beat. So everybody needs to have a positive attitude. This is not me digging my heels in and just trying to think of the best way to dress this up and tell people it'll be okay. This sounds like it will be okay. We are not where we wanted to be but we it doesn't sound like we're going to be that far off if not exactly where we need to be with Kenneth Walker in his positioning by week 2, 3 or 4. You know, so great news, couldn't have got better news today. Couldn't uh Ryan's been here since subscriber 14. Uh he says in the chat, I can't confirm that that's accurate, but I'm going to go ahead and trust him and give him a, a standing yeah. Appreciate that, subscriber 14. We should just call you number 14. Um, I'm calling BS. Carol cannot be trusted ever, says R. Smith. I mean, there's always that risk when a coach talks, but this is coming from Rappaport here. This isn't necessarily coming from Carol, this specific piece. And, and if it's not a sports hernia, we can draw our own conclusions, Ryan. I, or R. Smith, I'm sorry. I was mixing you up with Ryan H. Um, H. Uh, R. Smith, we can draw our own conclusions here you know, based on the information of the medical information. If he doesn't have a sports hernia, which Pete Carroll is not going to come out with BS like that. It's a sports, is a sports hernia? It's not a sports hernia. Like, you know what I mean? You're not going to, you're going to get positive. Like, he'll be ready for week one. I think this is a good, this is a good boy. This is a good boy. He's a hard worker. I love him. Do you like, uh, do you like, uh, Homer, the running back? He's a good boy too. I like him. He'll, he'll be good. He'll be, you know, like Gruden. You could ask Gruden about the fourth string running back. Hey, how do you like uh, Joe Schmo, the four-string running back? He's the best player on this team. That guy goes out there with grit, and I, you know, he could start on he could start on 34 other NFL teams. There aren't 34 teams. That's okay. He could start on all 34 of them. If there were two, he he would do it. He's the best running back in the entire National Football League. Hey, John Gruden, how do you like your third string? He's the best player in this league. It was like non. No matter what you ask John Gruden, you got a positive, gritty. He's the best coach-speak answer you'd ever get. You couldn't trust John Gruden for anything when you asked him about a player. Not at all. Wipe your feet, 46 people in here. Pete Carroll's hit and miss with what he says. He says they weren't trading Russell Wilson. Guess what? They traded Russell Wilson the next week. So I agree with you, R. Smith. You can't trust Pete Carroll, which is why I came out and said when they said week one, I'm not like overly optimistic about week one. But when Rappaport's reporting it's not a sports hernia, don't don't have concerns that, that, that this is different or he's lying about the severity of the injury. He's lying maybe or, or embellishing the, the tenacity of coming back for week one, sure. But I'm not worried about week one. With Walker, we never expected him to earn his keep in week one. We do want him as close as possible, but like I said, think of it from the perspective I just painted. It's like he might be exactly where he needs, needs to be or would have been anyway come week four. So it just, it was a longer road around. He's going to have to make up time. He he might be, he might be in the same, it's like getting a ticket, getting pulled over on the freeway. You got to get to your destination. He's going to get to it. The question is, can he find a quick path, work hard in a a new way and find a way back on the same course that, that he would have been if he didn't get pulled over. It's going to be fine. I have a feeling it's going to be fine. This is a a beast of a running back that is going to be very undervalued and I'm still scooping him up in every draft I can go forward. I'm not I'm not maybe taking him as high. I'm going to take advantage of the the decreased value for sure. Um if his ADP says round 9 or 10, I'm I'm going to try and get him in 9. If his ADP says 10 or 11, I'm going to get him in 10. You know, I'll reach a round earlier than I have to to make sure I get him. But as Stormcat said right here, this is the best possible scenario of this type of situation and that's that's the best way to paint it i mean i'll just leave storm cats message up there and let's hit these uh let's hit these phone lines call into the show call, call, call into the show
1: call into the show down 602 nfl
2: Stop. Uh, I'm going to get this off the screen. We no longer have the attorney on the phone from yesterday, but man, that was a great call. I, I clipped that, uploaded that bad boy as a, a self-contained uh, uh, upload and, and video, standalone video, because that was 45 minutes of pure gold. And I think a lot of people needed to hear what we had to say in regards to Camara and the risk that's really still present. People are just, they take reports from Schefter and, and the, these other people and they just run with it. You know they just run with it, uh, C-Mac. In my early tonight, no. Uh, anytime breaking news breaks C-Mac, I go live, baby. This is this is a whole different show. Although this may bleed into the four o'clock show because we only have a thirty-minute window to close this and start over again, so we may just keep keep it rolling. What's up, Ron Navy? You're in the house live on the show. What's up, my man? What a relief, huh? Oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's the best scenario of the scenarios that were available to us. So like, while I certainly, you know, am, am down about the fact that he, he doesn't have a shot at taking the job in week one. It may not matter because he may not have had it anyway. Maybe Penny, I'm not wishing injury upon Penny. Can we just be honest here and, and not act like we're all perfect human beings? Like it, it, are you going to pick the phone up and let, and let uh Penny know that the storm is coming? <laughs> you know, you don't want him to get hurt but are you going to sound the alarm to try and keep him in, in the best possible health and be like penny we want we you know we're human beings okay i'm not wishing injury upon anyone but if, if if penny can't stay healthy in his own right and and you you wonder if he goes out there let's test him out let's see if he can and if he's going to get a full course meal three games in a row can he stay healthy and if he can't, maybe Kenneth Walker's in the lineup quicker than he would have been if they were sharing carries for six straight weeks. You know, so you never know. Again, that's not me wishing injury upon Penny. That's me trying to explain that maybe giving Penny three starts in a row full volume is going to put him in a place where we really, we, we, we know who we, he is, who we thought he was. You know, he's going to get hurt. Like Penny, but The odds of Penny staying healthy on even six straight games of pure <coughs> volume is is low.
3: Well, maybe he just straight up plays Penny. Even if Penny doesn't get injured, maybe he just straight up plays
2: Penny. Yeah, he will. He will. Once he's healthy on the field, getting volume, he will. He will. Because this is a guy that the metrics are there, the speed is there, the ability, everything about this guy is is just you know better than 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 I think a lot of players we've seen come out of college in a while. And I know some people won't agree with that and that's fine. But I, I've looked at I look at the, the footage like crazy. I watch all the film. I, I look at the combine stuff over and over. I revisit it. I do the rankings again. I revisit it. I talk about it a lot. And and Kenneth Walker's um like the 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 data Alone, not just the eye test. The data alone shows how dynamic he is. You know how he he was second in the the uh, FBS or in, in I think total yards. I some of the numbers ought to pull up again because Brees Hall and him both just had amazing numbers, amazing combines, amazing film. They're both they're both they both have better hands than anybody gives them credit for. And I think Kenneth Walker, when you try and pinpoint a potential overlooked PPR. Monster running back like Zeke Elliott. Zeke came out of college. This guy can't catch. They just didn't throw to him. It wasn't that he couldn't catch. They couldn't throw. They didn't throw to him. They didn't ask him to catch the football. And the same thing's happening with Walker. Everything about Walker's game tra- translates into a good pass catching running back. His ability in open space to just completely uh, avoid getting hit, shedding tackles, tackle breaking machine. Um, Amazing in open space, amazing in changing directions and finding a, an open uh you know rushing lane or receiving lane. This guy's an absolute monster. Uh so you know, can he catch the football? He proved it at the combine. If people say he has no good he doesn't have good hands, well go watch the combine. Go 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 watch some of the practice footage that's leaked out over the last couple of weeks where Kenny Walker's catching the football just fine. And Pete Carroll says he can catch the football. Pete Carroll and, and run. You, I mean, you sent me a clip of Pete Carroll just drooling over the guy, you know. So he's excited about him.
3: And Carroll said right in that clip, um, he's doing great on on everything. punt returns, catching the football, uh, running the ball, everything. They're they're so uh, they're so happy with him right now and what he's able to do. And you know, he talked about Penny right before that, but Penny was just like. Okay, well, yeah, Penny you know hopefully you know he he could pick up if he picked up where he did last year and all this, but as soon as he started to talk about Walker, it's like his voice and in, inflection in just changed
2: yeah and if if you uh well, if you um actually pay attention to the way he talked about Kenny Walker versus like that the like past tense, <laughs> he's like Penny did really good last year Penny was amazing last year. You know, Penny proved last yep. year that, and it was like, "Oh, Kenneth Walker is doing great." Kenneth Walker is doing this well, and so it was a little bit different. But I still think he's going to give him a shot. You know, Penny's going to—I mean, clearly now, but but it's just a matter of will. Penny actually stay healthy? Would anybody really bet on that? I wouldn't. There's no way. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and you know, Walker's not the only thing today. Heck, they got they got uh uh cigar smoking Joe Burrow on there today and uh they're asking how you feeling you know you've lost some weight he goes I'm trying to get get the weight back and I'm feeling better every day stronger every day and they're like what are you eating he goes everything
2: yeah (laughs) what are you smoking everything look Joe Burrow I love I love that people are just sleeping on Joe Burrow right now just comp- you know, and, and some of it isn't like even related to Joe Burrow. Most of it's just that that Hurts and Trey Lance are climbing so fast, so quick for everybody that it it's it's not like a knock on Burrow for these people. It's just that he now follows two quarterbacks below, or at least one, and and so now Joe Burrow by default, through no no one's like negative. um analysis he's just falling he's just he's now like on espn he's like the seventh or eighth quarterback you know it's absolutely amazing it's the best value like i i told i told you weeks ago that joe burrow was the best fantasy football value in 2022 period that was before he fell an entire round more like now it's like i i you know i, I don't even know how to describe how excited i am about getting joe burrow in round seven like that wins you a league
3: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they're always gonna have. Census is always gonna have that one guy, that that they don't, you know, he does awesome, and then come back the next year, and they just like, uh, um, they just put him that he's good, but they don't put him in that elite status, and that's happening to Joe Burrow, you know.
2: Hey, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring John in here. I'm going to bring John in here real quick because John, you're, and I, I don't blame you, John. You're just trying to get in, but John's like calling nonstop. So, John, 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 is this an emergency? Is something, is something happened, John? No, no, I
4: just didn't.
2: John, John, <laughs> didn't are you okay? This is the 17th call in a row I'm okay. while I'm talking to Ron Navy. What is going on? Do you need me to pick you up? Do you want me to send an Uber? I was making, I didn't
0: know if they were going through. No, John, it's so okay. I just looked at my,
2: uh, John. John, you can do it anytime. I, I ignore I ignore it cuz it's not it's not very um it's not very distracting for me. I'm just I noticed you did it a lot and I was like, "Hey, let's get this guy in here. He really wants he really wants to get in here." John, what can we do for you? Ron Navy and I are at your disposal. Okay. Go ahead. Don't feel bad.
1: So, uh
0: so I just looked at my league rules and it's usually 4 points per passing touchdown every year and this year it's 5 points. Would you value the quarterbacks a little more, like at the four or five turn? Because I got the first pick, I was thinking of you know taking two receivers because I like the receivers there. But now I'm thinking of taking like Justin Herbert there, or do you think like uh, later on like players like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady that can't run? Do you think they're a little more valuable? You know, I mean, it's, five points it's certainly
2: it's certainly relative, right? But at the same time, when you go from four to six, there are a handful of quarterbacks that kind of float up a little bit. And I think Joe Burrow is certainly one of them. Um, I I think Jalen Hurts wouldn't necessarily float any higher because that's not a 45 TD capable passer. The reason Jalen Hurts can score as well as Burrow or as well as anybody is because of the running, right? But he's not going to throw 40 touchdowns. He'll probably throw. I think Hurts could throw 30 touchdowns. I think people are absolutely crazy to think this guy can't breach the 30 mark. And if he runs for 30, that's 40 total. So like you know he but when yeah. you go up a point I mean you think about it if you throw four let's see you throw thirty eight touchdowns that's thirty eight points if you go from four points to five points per TD pass so that's quite a significant right. bump. Well I was, um, already, I,
0: was, I was already liking Joe Burrow so I think you know he's going up should. a little bit in my book and then hopefully yeah hopefully I, mean, I can get him at the turn I got the first pick so I got that four or five turn and then I have a six seven turn or whatever I mean, so hopefully I mean. I, I, Four. Would you rather take Herbert the four or five turn, or try to take the uh, 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 the guy uh, Joe Burrow
1: from Joe
2: Burrow, uh, the, the guy you're from, the guy you just said you loved, Joe Burrow? Yeah, John. Okay. No, I'm I'm, okay. just, I'm just no, I'm giving you his name. Um, I mean, yeah. honestly, John, I don't think that Herbert's going to last to the four or five turn. In a five point per T D league, but maybe your league sleeps on quarterbacks no matter what, you know, happens. But uh and, yeah. and sometimes a league adjustment like that, everybody's not really used to it. They don't really change their behaviors until they see it. Well, the next I really year.
0: only think uh, probably two, three out of the twelve people, two, three of them are even noticing this. You know, a lot of people don't even look at the rules yeah, they, every year. You know? they,
2: their magazine doesn't even come in yet, bro. Their magazine's late from Amazon. They're like, um, you know, they're just gonna show up with uh, you know, their honey do list. You know, in one hand, and these aren't aren't real drafters. These aren't guys that ignore their family life on draft day. You know, they're they're probably picking (laughs) milk up on the way home, John. That's not the way we do it. Yeah. All right? Um, Well, I think
0: I'm going to go up a little bit on quarterbacks. I was even thinking of taking uh, Trey Lance late or something like that. But with it being five points and uh, our league, for some reason, we do two-week playoffs. Hey, Ron. So, uh, you got...
2: Ron, what's your input on? Our on
0: season's only ten games.
2: Ron, what's your input on going from four points for, per TD pass to five, and how much it affects your quarterback decision making?
3: Well, I don't know why they they just got to be different and go to five. Why didn't they just go to six? And and if they're trying to make the exactly. quarterbacks more eat, then they should have just went to six because you still have the advantage yeah. of going to the receiver and the quarterbacks that run the ball because. They're still going to get a, uh, um, one more point every, you know, on a Russian touchdown than they are on a uh, passing the ball. So your pocket passes yeah. is yeah. still under this
2: Derek Lincoln. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know why? I'll tell you why this commissioner did that. He's self-serving. I don't know him very well. I think
0: he's being sneaky. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think he's trying to be sneaky and hey, only have like two, three people know about it. Look,
2: so. John, I've been around the block a while. I've been in this business 20 years. I can smell things coming from a mile away And this commissioner's self-serving. Yeah, it's
5: a this, $400
0: lease. This, so, this, this is a cool guy, do it every
2: year. John, this is a guy, and we'll call him Bob. This is a guy that literally played in this yeah. league before, so he feels he knows it good. He knows it has an advantage. This is that commissioner that makes these changes for himself. Yeah. He doesn't vote it in. Yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. he wants because nope. he played in it before. He has a little bit of an advantage, and somehow he sleeps at night, and I don't know how, trying to manipulate the, the league scoring. But you know what? You're going to take him down, John, <laughs> and you're going to take Joseph Cigar yeah, Smoking Burrow Around earlier than his normal ADP, so if he's going in six seven, you got to get him in five six. I think everybody gets a bump at least yeah. a, a, around potentially that late. As far as like Josh Allen, I don't. I still don't think I go after Josh Allen because Joe Burrow's going to fall further than Josh Allen's going to fall. I think there's going to be a couple guys that grab quarterbacks early, and then they're going to kind of not grab them early again, and then they're going to come back around. So if Joe yeah. Burrow, but and but again, I really
0: like the receivers, I can get that four or five turn. You know, there's DK Metcalf there. That Amon St. Brown. I mean, there's a bunch of there's like five receivers I like there at that four or five turn.
2: Yeah, but you I, got, you got to take the flow of draft. In, go ahead.
3: I think the commissioner is setting up. Yeah, you 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 you're going to set up for Burrow, but I think that's going to be a disadvantage for you because I think this commissioner is setting up. He's going to try to take Hertz. He's going to try to take some some running running back that also has an upside to throwing touchdowns and he's going to outpeg everybody because he's going to get an extra point Kevin. for every yeah, throwing touchdown, down. and he's still going to get six points for every Russian touchdown.
2: Hey, hey, can I ask you a question? Right. Hey, I can't say this. This needs to come from your 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 mouth, John. Do you want me to send them to Uranus? Okay. You want me to send them to Uranus? Uranus? <laughs> Do you want me to send them to your commissioner there? I want to
5: send them where?
2: To Uranus. Planet Uranus.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. What's his name? Well, I'm kind of glad he did that because I I think a lot of people. His name's Mike. Mike. I think a lot of people aren't even gonna because we've been doing a year, this league for like seven years, and every year it's been four four points. Hey, Mike. Ma- hey, I won it three years ago, and I think about it every day. Hey, so every Mike. Day, Mike, I'm looking day, at that championship
2: three I'm, years ago. I'm looking at you, Mike, and we're sending you to Planet Uranus, aka Uranus, however okay. you want to pronounce it. This is where you're going. You pal. know,
0: what's funny too.
2: And off he goes. He's like
0: the only person that's been in it for the whole seven years. One,
1: everyone
0: else, at least won once. That's been in it that long, yeah. You know? And he hasn't won at all. So, yeah. And he's always when talking about the game, and never backs it up. Uh, next Sunday, not this. Uh, Eleven days. So. All right. I, I have it on my ESPN. I think next Sunday at six. So. Hey John, the last thing I'm going to tell you before
2: so, I, uh, before I move on is that uh, you need to. Make sure you follow the pre-rank list as best you can. It will guide you. Unless, are you drafting in person?
0: No, it's uh, just uh, okay. So just drafting.
2: So use tomorrow. use the pre-rank to your advantage. I mean, you'll it'll tell you when to draft Burrow. If Burrow's on the overall rank at yeah. number four, and you're drafting, you don't pick for eight picks. He's not gonna last. If he's well, on
1: the ESPN his, his
0: ADP is pretty late. So yeah. Go his like, his ADP is like,
2: like almost below Drew Locke at this point on ESPN. It's like it's amazing. Like yeah, I, I want
0: to. So I think I could even get him in like the seventh. You,
2: you might know? be able to but pick I, him up I after the draft, according to ESPN, bro. They, they, they literally are are. It's like they forgot Joe Burrow exists. I don't understand it. I don't even know where it's coming from. the The doubt, the doubt about Joe Burrow. It's like, is it the hernia? Yeah, well, or, or I'm sorry, the appendectomy.
1: Practice or whatever. Yeah,
2: but like, come on, like you, people should use their brains. This guy's, this guy's like superhuman. Uh, he he was born smoking other a cigar.
1: That
0: you know, is there any other plays you know that are like, uh, you know how a lot of these rankings are different on apps? Do you know any other ones that are getting slept on on ESPN that? You know, I like got
2: sleeper. Our yeah. We were going way earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, DK Metcalf is getting slept on hardcore. Yeah. That's a guy I really
0: like. On oh, ESPN. My gosh. I can get him in the fifth round every time. Maybe later. That's maybe later.
2: Uh, Ron, yeah. Ron, you don't do a lot of ESPN drafts, right? So, uh, off the top of my head, I mean, it, it's it, maybe we'll do one tonight or tomorrow, but off the top of my head, it's like it's, it's Joe Burrow sticks out like a sore thumb. DK, um, Sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes. I'm, uh, trying to think who else.
0: That Darda Mooney and Amante Brown. I'm really liking them. I, uh, I just, I think they're going to be number one receivers on their team, and I, I could always get them at the four or five turn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that calf. There's all three of those there usually at the four or five turn. So I want to take one of those instead of getting Herbert. You know. And then try to get Darnold. Did, did you, you know, guys watch,
3: Did you guys watch the last episode of Hard Knocks? Oh my god, that was crazy!
0: because I, I loved him he before was, that, but when I seen him, he did Tom Brady shit to that dude. You know,
2: <laughs> "Hey, what John! John, watch your language! Watch your language on the show, John."
3: Oh, I'm sorry. That's
0: Brad- I'm about that.
3: This a Check this out, to me St. Brown, right? Yeah, he is gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm like when when I draft again, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, I got a chance to take. I'm gonna take more shares of him because yeah, you need he's motivated. He remembers everybody yeah. in which way they went in the draft. Every single position, every single receiver, where they went, all the way through until he was picked. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder.
2: Dude, St. Bra- he, he, Brown. He, and
3: he's a all. Little-
0: He's a smaller guy, and that his dad is a trainer. I'm not as worried about him getting hurt. Like yeah, his he, dad's trainer, he's making fun of all the other players and how they're built. And stuff, yeah, no, his, like dad's, his dad's his dad's Mister, his
2: dad's back-to-back Mister Universe in, in 81 and 82. You know this, so, so St. Brown's coming from a from a monster of a man, and and yeah, he's got he's got discipline and hardcore training and taking care of your body embedded in his in his being. So St. Brown, I mean, yeah. you you can see he's muscular. He's he he takes care of himself. This guy's strong for his size. Um, St. Brown is probably, if I if I had to say, my favorite wide receiver too. In
4: twenty twenty two, honestly, I'm kind of
0: mad that it came out because I was loving. He was like my favorite player. Like draft day, his name was in my pocket. Like I loved him because I picked him up in free agency last year. I, he he got me to the playoffs. Like I loved him. And, uh, and then when that came out, I'm like, "Oh man, his ADP is about to go up." Yeah,
2: know. he, he yeah, I still have to change. Yeah, he's um, golden. He's golden. Round well, his six.
3: Dad also, his, his dad also said, "All these players are getting these Achilles injuries, and they're not doing the right type of stuff to prevent the from getting the Achilles injury." He goes, "I have my son. They're, they're, they're no, they won't get Achilles injuries because they're doing the right things to prevent that from happening."
2: Yeah. Yeah, Saint Saint yeah, Brown St. Brown is my St. Brown's my favorite wide receiver where you ignore wide receiver two. Okay, you ignore wide yeah. receiver two, you come back in and you put Saint Brown in it, and you let people cry and weep themselves to sleep at night because you have a guy that they knew because I told them finished number two out of all wide receivers in weeks thirteen through eighteen. And as I as I said it. Weeks 13 through 18, any one of the weeks, he was top five. He was consistent. Okay, I got to I gotta jump, John. I appreciate you. Uh, Ron Navy, I got to read these super <laughs> chats, so I'm going to let you both go. Uh, Ron, call back if yeah, you have later. anything else.
0: Hey, just before I get out of here, though, that uh, DK Metcalf, I know one weird stat about him. He averaged more points with Geno Smith than he did Russell Wilson last year. So that's one reason I'm real on, uh, yes, real sir. on DK. But all right, Smitty, all right. You, got, you have a good one. No, later. You Ron, you got you got anything else real Smitty. quick?
2: No. All right. Call back anytime, Ron. Bye. All right. Let me uh, let me hit these uh, real quickly. Um. Do Do you read super chats anymore? No. I mean, Ryan, I got them on the screen here so that I can get to them. I so I don't forget them, and I'm I'm definitely not going to leave them up all show. I'm doing that for a reason so I can read them. Let's get to Let's get to Ryan's. Uh, you see, fights at the Patriots Panthers practice. CMC tackled hard. I don't think there were any injuries, but. I expect some sh- uh, shenanigans on Friday's game. Maybe Ryan. And first of all, appreciate your super chat. I did give you a standing ovation anyway, but let's give you one more for the wait. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Boy.
2: yeah buddy. Um. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yes. Yeah, so thanks for the super chat. We should see. We we'll, we will see. Um, you know, CMC getting hit hard. I'm sure didn't uh, didn't excite Christian McCaffrey owners. Um, here's another one Evans or Edelman wait what Evans or Edelman that's how you know I'm an OG that was when you were on vacation live stream if I remember correctly Tampa I'm not following what, what this is even referencing but was there like an old question you you're remembering I don't know let me know what you mean by this appreciate your super chat buddy I'm in Melvin Gordon's interview today. Oh, in Melvin Gordon's interview today, he admitted Javante is better than him and the Broncos want Javante to be the guy. Wow. Uh, I haven't seen or heard that yet, but uh, send me a link. DM me a link to that. Let's get that up on the screen. That That's something that needs more press. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's great. That's great. That's That's being kept under wraps. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Penny has never played anything close to a full season. That's just fact. Kenneth Walker has clear path to three down usage. If Penny gets hurt again and Penny's going to get overfed, they're going to overwater this plant. Derek Lincoln says lamb foot got cut. Lamb foot got cut and he got stitches. And now not practicing. Just some news mashed potatoes. Uh, Yeah, he. he I'm sure he's fine. What did he cut it on though? Do we even know? Do we know? Did he cut it on... You know, was he doing something stupid? Like, what's going on? All right, uh, appreciate you, Derek Lincoln, with the, the super chat. Uh, Dribble says, Smitty, I drafted Sutton over Judy. Thoughts? I mean, that's that's preference, bro. There's, pre- I mean, no one knows what's gonna happen. Well, no one knows who's gonna be, uh, who's gonna be the one there. I I'm gonna bet on Judy, but. Sutton's good, too. Either one could be the number one. They both could split it completely evenly and both be kind of like wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver twos, and neither one of them become a wide receiver one. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you?
1: Hey, Smitty, how you doing?
6: Uh, Just wanted to uh, talk to you, man. Uh, I have, so I'm in a 10-team league. I have the seventh overall pick. I've just been uh, trying to figure out uh, who I should take. Just because I'm, I'm kind of leading maybe to go running back, running back. I don't want to have a particular strategy, but just seeing like some of the guys that that are falling, um, falling around, and maybe try attacking like rounds three or four for like a, just a couple of receivers. I just wanted to get like your thoughts.
2: So my thoughts on the seven pick in general. What is it? Are you asking me about the seven pick in general?
6: Yeah, like like uh, out of the seven pick, like who, who are some of the guys that, that you think that I should like? Yeah, be I, mean, I, I mean, looking at, I mean, just because like I have I've been doing like sub-lock drafts, not not like uh, but it, um I know my home leagues are a lot different, and um while well, I'm thinking that maybe he'll be there is like Najee Harris or like you know like dot uh swift and stuff like that depend on or maybe one of the receivers hit that subscribe but really button superior. if you're
3: new and like your favorite. Yeah
2: I, I I think uh hit that subscribe button if you're new guys and, and hit the thumbs up. So in general from the 7 or the 6 or the 8 pick when people ask me this question it's pretty pretty clear cut answer cookie cutter answer for me because it's like it's just it's it's the way I feel and and it doesn't really change. Um if Jamar Chase is there I'm taking Jamar Chase, and no, I don't need a follow-up question. But what do you think about? I don't care. Jamar Chase is there at seven. He's literally my number two overall player in a PPR. So if he's there, it's a home run. If Najee's there, I'm taking Najee next. And I'd even contemplate Najee over Chase if if because they're pretty close. Um, but it depends on how you feel about running back running backs falling in your particular league and all that. But Jamar Chase is a smash. And not to mention, you're going to have a really close, like you mentioned Javante, you're going to have a really close second round pick, or at least a decently close pick to that other pick. So maybe Javante falls. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, my next player up will be Swift. And 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 I've gone on record over and over. I don't really care how many people it upsets or makes people feel uncomfortable. Um, they can at me all they want. But I'm taking DeAndre Swift over CMC. I'm taking him over Derrick Henry. I'm taking him over Dalvin Cook. And so, in a worst-case scenario, if Jamar Chase is gone, Najee's gone, I'm not forcing one of those guys because my peers are doing it or I feel peer pressured to do it. I'm taking the guy I feel, who is still a first-rounder, so it's not like you're reaching. You're reaching a little bit, but it's okay to reach a little bit. You're reaching within the confines of, a, of the same, you know, Round and, and tier, uh, I'm taking Swift, and at seven, I don't even bat an eye. This guy could be the number two or number three overall running back in 2022. His, change, his situation is so drastically changed from last year. It's this is what he needed. He needed all the volume. He needed the support of his coaching staff, what he which he didn't have last year, and and he's got the volume. He's there. He's the volume hog, and he's so dynamic and. And, and Campbell, and everybody loves him so much, and they talk him up about how much of a playmaker he is. This is what we want Hackett and the Denver coaching staff to say about Javante, and eventually they will. Where it's like, yeah, Jamal Williams is there, right? But when they talk about, you know, this yeah. guy can score at any moment, you know they understand the assignment. Like, you're near the goal line, you're, near, you're in the red zone, you want to score, give the ball to the guy that can punch it in the end zone, during any given carry. And so, we want that out of Hackett. I think I think we'll get it eventually because they will see how productive he is. Because Javante Williams, over every single running back in the entire National Football League. And I don't care who in here tries to say differently in the chat after I make this comment. I know Swaggy's going to say, stop! Swaggy always puts his, stop, committee, stop! <laughs> There's no running back in the entire National Football League. That has better balance than Javante Williams. Not one. Not one. Not JT. Nobody. JT is very close. Javante has the best balance in the entire league. How do I know that? I have facts to back it up. His tackle breaking stats. The way, when you break tackles and you don't get knocked off course, when you don't get knocked over, tackled, dragged down, that proves. You have the best balance in the league. Not to mention, even if I didn't have my my grips on any kind of stat whatsoever, and all I had were my eyeballs to watch games and footage like I do, and like I I, I witness every single year, I rewatch stuff all the time. I absorb everything I can get my my eyeballs and hands on. And when I watch Javante run, I see the best balance, the best tackle breaking ability. The hardest running back to to take down. I see that player. That you know, that used to be Derrick Henry in terms of the taking down a running back. But we'll see what happens with Derrick Henry this year. I think we're gonna see, at least by midseason, if he comes out on a tear, by mid-season Derrick Henry slow down and be one of those guys where you're like, man, it almost just feels like he's running in mud because he's got eight-man fronts all the time. They can't stretch the field. I know Burks had a one-handed catch in the scrimmage or practice, and everyone's like, okay, maybe Burks is the real deal. Burks has been disappointing the whole time. Not to mention, I don't think the passing attack will be remotely as even close to the way that it used to be with A.J. Brown. So you're going to see a lot of stacked boxes, a lot of bigger box counts. And so, you know, I I think this Tennessee, I don't know how I got on Tennessee, but back to the question At hand, I'm very long-winded, and I go in a bunch of different tangents. Javante in round two is a, a home run. Debo in round two is a home run. Would I even go Jamar Chase and Debo? Okay. Absolutely, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even bat an eye because you're going to get Brees Hall, you're going to get ETN, you're going to fill your running backs. You know, down downstream a little bit.
6: So, what would you do if, like, let's just say, for instance, let's say, like, I do have to pick between like Duke ball or javante does it depend does it depend on what i do like for the seventh pick? because i've been like definitely like checking out your stuff and a lot of other people and and like one of the things that i've been but i've been hearing a lot is that like the wide receiver room especially like uh in terms of like where you're drafting like there's definitely like a lot of more wide receivers compared to like running backs there's not really that many like running backs that you want to grab to have on your team because there's, like, a lot of different, like, uh, certain, like, uh, situations where a lot of the guys are, like, a 50-50 split almost. And, like, well, after you get to, like, a certain point, like, you get to that certain, like, cutoff, there's not really, like, like, you're just, like, you, got, you hey, know, like... You got a blindfold?
2: Basically, like, rolling the dice. You got a blindfold at home?
1: Yep.
2: Okay, take a blindfold, put it on, walk into your draft, and just stick your hand in the running back bucket and pull one out. That's that's how I feel like the, you can't draft like that. Like I I get what you're saying, and when all things are equal, you can then resort to okay, I'm gonna go running back, or like in the case of Najee, Jamar yeah. Chase, very very close, and you're like okay, Najee, Jamar Chase, who do I go here? Everybody's very running back hungry. We did that in the throne draft. We took Brees Hall and E T, or we took Brees Hall and uh, who was it? Was it Herbert? No, we took, I forget who we took. We took Brees Hall and and Hill, Tyreek Hill, at back-to-back picks at 24 and 25. And we took Brees Hall because we were looking at only Brees Hall, ETN, and Gibson and Montgomery. Those are the only four legitimate running backs left. And we were sitting there at 3.1. And we had to go all the way down the third round, all the way down the fourth round back before we could take a running back again. There is a time and a place to use positional, need and scarcity to guide you but Brees Hall was still arguably the best player on the board and it was more about justifying the secondary things involved like okay what about position of need after best player available is determined you cannot pass on a player that hits a home run from that draft slot because of positional need this is why teams passed on Adrian Peterson over and over in the NFL you just can't do it you gotta be smart about draft value now to your point are you worried about running backs being consumed? Sure, and that's why I say Swift would be the guy I'd take over a whole lot of other players because I feel like he's the best player available at, at a certain point in a draft. When Jamar Chase is gone, Cup's gone, um, Jefferson's clearly gone, and L- and JT's gone. When JT's gone, I could I could I could literally consider Swift after the top three running backs and JT are off the board. I could Smitty approve you using, okay. picking him at six. So, it, it you know, if you want to take Najee or Swift over Adams or whatever, then, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling you're going to be in a position to take a running back in that first round. I don't think you'll have Jamar Chase there, but if he's there, I smash it. And then I take Joe Burrow around six, seven, and I have that, 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 that stack that's going to carry you week in and week out, and then you surround it with second, third, fourth, and fifth round talent Who's going to stop you, bro? And and you should have a yeah. Brees Hall there, an ETN there. You're going to get one of those running backs. And maybe best player available creates a hole at your running back, too. If you have anxiety about that, and there's there's no shame to have it for that. There's some people that have helped draft, and they swore. I want to do what, you, what you're what you suggesting here, Smitty. And then they can't handle it. And they freak out, and they destroy their team. And they trade everything away because they can't handle having a RB2 that's shaky. They just can't handle it. If you can't handle it then do it works for you but I'll walk into a a league with I'll walk into a league stacked to the rafters at every single position every facet of my lineup is just bleeding talent that shouldn't be there just stacked to the ceiling and then because of it I have a really weak to everybody else running back too and then guess what I do I, I have I have an Eli Mitchell step up I have somebody and then guess what you have a team no one can touch so, sometimes, yeah. staying on top of the waiver wire, building through, you know, getting Tony Pollard's and Alexander Madison's and all that, and you do have a weaker of running back, too, and then you land it, Kenneth Walker, round 8 or 9 or 10 now, I mean, bro, you can absolutely explode.
6: Okay. Well, because, thanks, because, like I said, man, because I know there there's, like, a lot of sites, so like, a lot of people that are saying that, I think it's, like, rounds, like, 5 to 8 is, like, really good at, like, wide receiver, so I guess, like, I've been reading that up, like, just, like, oh, within, like, the first, like, you know, like, couple rounds, maybe try to get a couple running backs and then try to, that way, like, when you're at five, five uh, you know, rounds five to eight, when everybody might be trying to, like, dig into, like, that next, like, running back, like, you can go after, like, some of those, like, wide receivers like Davis and uh, I think Rashad Bateman just, and, like, Mike Williams, just, like, a couple of those guys. And so I, I just like to, you know, get, like, Feedback from you because I know everybody's different and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. All right, man. Go get it. Pre- call in any time. Appreciate you.
6: Draft, no a, problem. Thanks, man.
2: draft a player, not a position. Later. Um, part um uh, Parker, Evans, Jones, and AJ Dillon for Chase Chubb. Sorry, call back again. I missed you. Uh, Evans, Jones, and A.J. Dillon for Chase and Chubb. Evans, Jones, and A.J. Dillon for Chase and Chubb. Give me, give me, give me Chase and Chubb. What's up, man? You're you're live on the fantasy football show. What's, what's up, Smitty? Um, who's I this? I had a question. I have, yeah.
6: the fourth, I have the fourth overall pick. Yeah. Like I'm drafting tonight.
2: Oh, who am I talking to? And
6: I wanted to know, like, oh, you're talking to Dribble guys.
2: Okay, what's up, Dribble?
6: What's up, bro? Uh, I
2: I had the fourth overall. Oh, we lost dribble. Dribble, call back. You're live with the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to?
1: Hello?
2: Okay, I don't know what people are doing here today. You're you're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Hello. Yeah, who am I talking to? This is Bill. Bill, what's up, Bill?
4: Not much, bro. Hey, I got the uh, number uh, five pick in one draft and the uh, number 11 in another. Um, in the number five, I'm thinking about going Josh Allen because it's a, in a league that that is six points per passing touchdown. Would that be an absurd place to go uh, Allen instead of, say, uh, Cooper Cup or Jefferson? And with the 11th pick, I'm thinking about going... Um, I'm a Lions fan, but I'm thinking about going with uh, Swift at 11 and hoping Javante makes it back to me at 14. So my, my, my basic question is that the five with Josh Allen and taking that, is the six points per passing touchdown, eight points per passing touchdown if they're longer than uh, 39 yards or longer, is that worth taking a QB at the five spot?
2: Well, I mean, you shouldn't be taking a QB in, in the first round unless this is super flex, um, mainly because – you, act, you you're gonna see like Burrow fall to a ridiculous value still, right? I mean, where do you project Burrow to go in this format, knowing your people you're drafting with?
4: Probably fourth or fifth round. Okay, because so of, because it's six points per for, for passing touchdown, yeah. So a quarterback tend to go earlier.
2: Um, yeah, so because you're you're I, I think this is a dri- Dribble. Um, call back in again, real quick, Dribble. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I mean. Joe Burrow in four or five, even if he goes in four or five instead of six or seven, that is a much crazier, you know, value, bro. That's, that's insanely good. You know, don't, don't
4: be. So you don't think you would rather have Cup or Jefferson at the five spot instead of Allen, even though passing touchdowns are six points.
2: Well, I, like I just said, you just told me Burrow's going around four or five. Right. So so why would, why would you take a cool, you know? Yeah. What? Huh?
4: That's just an estimation, obviously, on my part, but you're right. I mean, it, it is deep, but uh, with this, with his rushing upside that Allen had, it's like getting a running back and a quarterback. I mean, no one's going to run as much as him besides Lamar Jackson. So I was just looking at the numbers, and it seems like Josh Allen would be a, a value pick. But then again, you don't pick – I won't pick again until the middle of the second round where I'm looking at, at, at the start of the quarter, the running Yeah, I mean, zone. if it's a
2: one but, QB league – in in i would say that historically what happens with what happens with your you know historically what what is where do these guys normally go have you ever drafted with these guys before are quarterbacks you know, going... yeah,
4: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like Josh Allen, when Aaron Rodgers climbed, he would he would be a keeper going the first and second round. So yeah, usually, I mean, Herbert and Allen aren't going to make it past the second round. So I mean, they're just not not in this league. Not when they're valued, uh, not with six point passing touchdowns plus a two point bonus if the touchdowns longer than thirty nine yards. I mean, I don't I don't think they're going to make it past the second round. Well, so I guess yeah.
2: My advice is only as good as the information of. Will jo- will you sure. get one of these quarterbacks in round four or five? Hertz, Trey Lance, yeah, Joe Burrow. Right. If they're going to yeah. round two, then I still probably go with one of those guys in round two versus Josh Allen in round one and I take my gotcha. J T or my Najee or my Jamar Chase. Um but you really I gotta can, go a, gotcha. you really gotta go with the flow though, bro. You know, you, you no, can't you, you can't you, you can't If it looks like Burrow's going to fly off the board before your 3.2 pick and like eight quarterbacks are gone, you know, then I would play the game of going earlier quarterback than normal to make sure I get Joe Burrow and I don't get screwed at quarterback. But at the same time, let's say you do draft against traffic and you let everybody blow their their opportunity of getting these bigger name guys, I could still dominate the league if I sat back and said, you know what, I'm going to come in and get Brady or A-Rod or or Stafford later, sure,
0: sure yeah. And then yeah, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have an right, yeah. and I'm gonna
2: have an extra Debo Samuel or an extra Javante or, or Swift. If I were um, you, I wouldn't play the early quarterback game with them. I wouldn't do it. I would sit back. I would take advantage of Burrow later. If Burrow doesn't go later, I would take advantage of Hertz or Lance. If they don't go later, um, and you're passing on Debo Samuel type players, now do I take do I take them in round four or five? Turn Burrow or Hertz or, or Lance. Maybe yeah, but but second round, yeah, third round. Just I mean, it
4: feels weird taking a it, it feels taking a wide receiver uh, at five. Just feels odd to me. I mean, it just you I don't think I've ever done it before. So, but I, if the four running backs fly off, I'm going to be looking at you know I'm going to be looking at Cooper Jefferson or Josh Allen or Kelsey. I mean, so um, and, and okay, and at the number eleven, I, I appreciate your insight, at the number eleven say Mixon and Swift are there um, would you take Swift over Mixon and uh, and when that comes back to me at uh, the 14 if uh, Javante's there would you take him over uh, Mixon or Swift as well
2: I like Swift and Javante in that order these are both potentially 12 and 13 overall players to me so okay uh, yeah, I, yeah mean, I
4: wonder if i just well javante makes the pass at 12 and 13 the guy at the turn and gets back to me yep. you know i mean that's a concern for everybody but uh yeah uh i really appreciate you I all right the bill. show. thanks for your time man
2: later bill appreciate you okay dribble try try one more time what's up rock out etn or dk okay so i got to answer this question for parker uh i already did i think but in general Par- parker you still here I mean Chubb and, and Chase I'm probably taking bro. It's just a better like Chubb and AJ Dillon and or and Aaron Jones and Chubb are really close, you know, you could argue either one and then Chase is a whole round and a half above Evan of Evan so You're live on the fantasy. Okay. Hello? Yeah, what's up man? Is this uh dribble? Can you hear me? Yeah,
7: yeah. it's dribble. Yeah, what's up? Sorry man? about that. I don't know okay. if it was I my out my bed. What's up? You good, you good? Um So I have the fourth overall pick, and someone is offering me like they're like, "You want to trade for the sixth overall pick?" And what what do you think is better, the fourth spot or the sixth spot?
2: There's, I mean, it doesn't uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I would probably say because Jamar Chase can fall to six pretty easily. I probably take the sixth pick, um, and that way I can move my second rounder up again. But, you know, it could go – you could then argue the third round or what do you want to do with the third round pick. And So, uh, they're very close. I mean, neither one of them are the one. So, anything below the one is kind of awkward until you get back down toward, like, the middle or later part of the draft because I want to take a Jamar Chase at two or three or four. So, if I can get him at six, the the better. Um, And –
7: no, I just wanted to know, like, because if I do take the fork, I know, like, my like my peers, they go running back heavy. And so, like, I just, I, like, who would I take, like, Derrick Henry or, like, Justin Jefferson, like, if I do keep
6: the
2: four? I mean, I'm not drafting Henry in the top five. I'm just not. Uh, but, but, I mean, I, I can understand why people want to. But that's just not a player I'm willing to invest in top five value. Like, I would take him at a place where he probably wouldn't fall. You know, so my line in the sand, there is a line. I'm definitely going to dra- draft him at a certain point, but, like, he's never falling to that point. Um, but trust your gut. Yeah, if, he if it,
1: goes
2: into the top trust your gut. If you, if you like Henry, trust your gut. You know, I'm, I'm not here to try and change your mind on that. I'm just trying to give you guidance on what I've seen historically and how it would be an improbable outlier, which is certainly possible. There's outliers all the time. Um, it's not like a guy can't be an outlier, but he would have to be, an outlier to to come in after getting broken down from a two thousand yard season and a four hundred carry season, which historically individually break running backs completely break you. So to have both of those and then him get hurt and then people say, "Oh, his ironic injury was freak." Every injury is freak. You can't, you can't argue that what happened to his foot was freak. He got stepped on. Well, why was it vulnerable? Because he got worn down. Like you could go all in circles with people on the on the injury prone angle so I'm not going near him when you can get Najee at four you can get Swift at six or seven or eight or nine or ten um you can get Jamar Chase Jefferson I take Jefferson over Henry in a heartbeat I take uh you take, Je- would
7: you you take Najee over Jefferson
2: I could go either way I could go I, I I I honestly feel like JJ and Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are the best players to draft in PPR after JT's yeah, off the board okay um, I, I, I would say that it would, no, I don't have CMC in the top five. I don't have Henry in the top five. I don't have Dalvin cook in the top five. I think there's a changing in the so guard coming. Okay. I'd rather have one of these guys. I feel is going to be more likely to be standing at week 17's end. Okay, So your order would be JP and then like
6: the receivers. Like the top. I mean, that receivers.
2: that's my order in general, but if you're saying these guys are running back, hungry and they're gonna Heavy. like you're not gonna see J- javante even if you take the later pick like let's say you take the six pick and yeah. can you get javante in that second round with that pick i don't know
3: yeah i will probably be able to okay i'm gonna i'm gonna treat I'm for those
2: six you know if you yeah, if I'm you got be a better shot back at a running back. you might have a better shot at a running back yeah. with that
7: yeah, yeah, so, like, if I get the six, I'll take, like, a receiver in the first round and, then, like, a good running back in the second. Because I know, like, that's possible like, in the second, five to six.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate Trust your gut, though. Always over anybody, even including me. Trust your gut. Don't let anybody sway you away from a player. If it's, you have a you. Hard, hardcore it's belief. Good. All right,
7: man. Have
2: a nice. Everybody's got their own opinion, and, and nobody should be... Uh, letting someone completely convince you of going in a different direction. Use me as a push you over the fence when you feel very similar about a topic and you're not sure which direction to go to. But if someone loves Henry this year, I'm not here to tell you not to. I'm not here to tell you, Henry, don't do it. Like, trust your gut. Trust your gut. I understand why everybody wants to be high on Henry, wants to be high on Cook again. Cook's got that torn labrum who knows what's going on he's got the off the field issues that still are not resolved as far as i know he's still got a pending situation where he's been you know he's got some horrible accusations against him with that i don't people people forget because of the the watson stuff um but there's an awful photo and and his attorney's got him out in front of it if you guys remember that still looks like it's potentially pending there's no information on that cmc plus barkley over swift plus javante um, I take Swift and Javante. That's me. I I can understand why anybody has has it different. Imagine not having CMC in the top five. It's blasphemous. Blasphemous. Imagine having. Imagine. Imagine feeling that that is something that would make you feel you had to imagine it. <laughs> like I I see. Like here's the thing. This is what's so funny about these perspectives here, like swaggies I can understand Swaggy taking Christian McCaffrey at number one. I can understand it. The fact that he can't understand not wanting to do it is hilarious to me because I can see his side. He can't see my side, and I have everything, all of the momentum, in 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 historical everything. History's on my side. Christian McCaffrey hasn't showed up for two years. You're you're literally shocked. That I don't have CMC in my top five. You're a you're like, imagine Smitty doesn't have CMC in his top five. I'm trying to imagine you thinking you have a case to say, imagine. <laughs> it's hilarious. You have two years of disappointment. He's gotta to prove to you he's worth top five, not the other way around. Like it's not even close to my, my mind. This is not nowhere near a a a eyeball emoji. Laughable situation. Christian McCaffrey's got to prove it to you. He's got to prove it to everybody. There's no guarantee Christian McCaffrey top five. Get out of here with that nonsense. Straight nonsense. Straight nonsense. I'm o- I'm open-minded to you liking CMC number one. You're literally closed-minded to somebody saying, Yeah, two years of disappointment. I think I'll I think I I'll wait. I'll let you do it. It makes sense why you want to do it, but oh, imagine, imagine. You get the full the full clip on that one, bro. The full clip. Etn or DK and Demont redraft. Etn or DK and Demont. Give me Etn. I I don't trust I don't trust Demont right now. I don't trust him at all. Cook or Naji. Give me Naji. There's too many things I worry about. Too many things I worry about. I have CMC and Barkley basically back to back. I think CMC is going a little too high and Barkley, a little too low. Um, I could understand all that. These are two players I just don't want to own because they've disappointed, you know. And and some people like to give players another chance, and, and I do too. Look at me with ETN. The difference is there's not a long track record of it. ETN's just coming into the league. ETN's younger. He can heal quicker. There's a whole lot of components involved in trying to predict downfall or injury and all that. And it's a risky business. Look, it is not an easy business to sit here and say, this guy's going to get hurt or this guy's got too much mileage. It's a, I don't want to be left holding the bag. And like I give the examples with the the roulette wheel. And and, and and I had a, a follower say this in his, in the comments too, that he liked my example. I've said it two different ways, and I think the, the other way is better because it seems to resonate more. If you have a roulette wheel and you walk up to it, and Christian McCaffrey is the roulette wheel. So every player is their own roulette wheel. So this is how he liked that it was described, and I agree with him. It probably is the best way to take it. Christian McCaffrey's roulette, roulette wheel has a whole lot more... Disappointing red X's on it than a player like Najee, even though Najee's got them too. Najee's got several spots on the roulette wheel that, if it the ball lands in the red X, he's out for the year, like or whatever. Every running back has them. Doesn't mean that if Najee goes down in twenty twenty two and CMC doesn't, that anyone was really wrong or right. It's just an odds game. You walk up to Christian McCaffrey's roulette wheel. There are more red X's on it, out for the year, disappointments, whatever, than there are on a whole bunch of other players that get drafted right where Christian McCaffrey's going. That's what it's about. And and while I could be wrong on Derrick Henry, and he, he could avoid all the red X's and the ball could land in the green spot, and he could have a great year. For sure, it could happen. It's possible. But how many red X's, how many bad spots in the roulette wheel does a guy like Derrick Henry have with 920 plus carries to his name in just a 2.5 year span? The last 2.5 years of his NFL career, he has 920 plus career carries in that small window of time. That roulette wheel is lit up with red X's all over it. And and it's not that it can't happen. Even if Henry plays 15 games and balls out for like 14 13 of them has a couple bad games maybe gets banged up for a game or two but plays like 15 14 15 straight games or, or a total of 15 games i'm not gonna feel bad about my calculation and and what i did because i'm taking a safer player that might have worked out just as well or better and and i'm not even worried about it so it, it's all about playing the odds do you like the risk going up to the roulette wheel and if you feel like Henry's got, like in Ron's case, Ron loves Henry. If you feel like Henry has a lot less red X's on the roulette wheel than I do, then that's, you know, I, I actually appreciate it. Um, I feel like, you know, we're all going to have differing opinions. It's all subjective as to how we view that player's roulette wheel and the odds of risk. There's no formula that tells us what the exact percentage is. You have to trust yourself and your experience and everything that you've put into the game, and the sport, and learning, and absorbing, and how good are you at predicting where risk lies, and if you can predict that well, then you can assess each player individually, and you can step aside and let somebody else take the risk on a CMC, remember when CMC came back, we had people in the chat, Smitty, running back one, CMC, you're going to see, you're going to be a laughing stock, just wait, you're so down on CMC, I told everyone to trade him, The moment he was coming back, I said, get on the phone, talk to everybody you can, and tell them CMC's for sale. Running back one, CMC running back one. What happened? Out for the season. How fast did it happen? Very quickly. Could he come back and do well? He certainly could. Am I going to be taking that chance or getting on that train? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um... CMC's the best player in fantasy football when healthy. My point exactly, Swaggy. Thank you. Thank you. Ruling. Uh, Somebody is offering Diggs, Penny, and Ramondre for Henry. Diggs, Penny, and Ramondre for Henry. I mean... I probably it depends on if it's PPR. The question comes: Do you want to have the ability to trade Henry at a little bit higher cost than Diggs' cost? You know, cost. But do you really want to put yourself in a position where you've got to make a trade at midseason, worrying about Derrick Henry going down? I, you know, this is a this is a tough one because Diggs and Henry have very close ADPs, in my opinion. Or Henry's going a lot higher than him to a lot of people. I, I I would say it depends on your trade prospects because I would be contemplating what can I move Henry for, but I don't want Henry for for for, for eighteen weeks. You know, so it, it depends on if you think you can make a move. Smitty has done it all. He has built an all-Chiefs roster. Yeah, man, remember that. I I wanted to go through the motions one year and have every single Kansas City Chief player. And so I, in a draft, I drafted every single player and I even made bad trades to get rid of players I consumed because somebody sniped me and took, uh, like, you know, uh, I think one, one, somebody at Tyreek Hill and I, tr- I overpaid to get Tyreek Hill to complete the roster. And I wanted to see what would happen with an all chief team. And it did not do well. It have good games and bad games, but it did not do well. Uh, I don't even know that it made the playoffs, but it was a fun experiment. Now, granted, you aren't going to really go overboard and draft every single player from a team, but I wanted to try it out. Usually, you're going to have other players. So if you had like Mahomes, Kelsey back in the day, Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, Kelsey, and let's say Clyde, you probably have another player or two that could help carry you each week maybe. And so, you know that that was it was it was a fun experiment, but it did not end well. And I'm glad I did it because I've always wanted to try it and see how I do. And with that Casey offense that year, it was a good attempt to try and do it. Um, hey Smitty, I'm drafting three leagues now. Should I go? How should I go about drafting? Do I worry about drafting a lot of the same players? You want to diversify when you can. Um, I don't avoid like players and take like a much lesser player to try and diversify but usually you don't have to. Usually you don't have to. Um Macho CMC will be dialed back. He only may get 20 touches at most a game. Uh I don't know. I don't know what we can buy into at this point with coach speak on anybody to be fair just to just to to be completely unbiased with this question or this this comment. However, it only makes sense that this would be what you would do to try and keep him healthy. So do I think they'll try it? I don't know that I don't know. I don't know if they'll actually go forward and try and do it. But if they want to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, who's been the highest percentage of his offense than any other player in the entire National Football League uh, when he's on the field, he's literally by far and away the most utilized part of an offense percentage-wise than any this guy has consumed so much of his offense. There was a, there was a time walking before I built the studio, so it was, a, it was multiple seasons ago, where we had a lot of people saying, "Hey, Smitty, when do we worry about CMC?" And it was, there was a point where we're laughing. We're like, "Not yet." Like that's another conversation. But before I built the studio, so a couple of seasons ago, we actually right before the season that he got injured, we actually said, "This is the year where we say to ourselves." This could be the last year where he's number one or two or three, and the volume is so high and heavy on this guy that we're going to have to take it year by year after this season. He got hurt that year. So we were at that point. People have really foggy memories about that, and for some reason, because he hasn't been utilized for two years, everybody thinks he's just going to be fresh and ready to ready to go. There, There's a reason his body's breaking down. There's a reason why he, he little injuries are getting, you know, little knickknacks are taking him out, is because his body's been overworked to a degree like no other player in the NFL. When you're the number one fantasy football player in fantasy football for multiple years in a row, or you're high volume top three guy, you're getting fed more than everybody, everybody else in the entire league. You're getting utilized, and the the percentages absolutely prove that with him. He's number one utilized player percentage of his offense when he's on the field, and when you are that kind of when you get utilized to that degree. You are very much overworked more than anybody else in the league. And so you're going to break down quickly. There's a reason look, I went through this song and dance with Todd Gurley. If you don't if you think it, it bothers me to, to to see everybody think and push back on the on the Christian McCaffrey stuff. You should, have seen, you should have seen how crazy, how much negativity and hate was driven my direction with this no Todd Gurley movement that we had the year. He was still getting drafted one, two, or three coming out of the Super Bowl where he wasn't used. Your boy Smitty was on YouTube going, no Todd Gurley, no Todd Gurley, no Todd Gurley. Uh, I think it was the 5,000 or 10,000 times. I forget which one I did on that video. I got so much pushback on that for months. And his ADP started to slowly drop, slowly drop. I'm, I'm used to it. I, I'm not... I'm not worried about what people think of me. I'm here to tell you what I feel. And am I right all the time? No. But do I feel like I need to sound an alarm on Christian McCaffrey being the number one or number two or number three overall player? Absolutely. And I think the historical trending of what's been going on with CMC pretty much backs up the stance I'm, I'm shoving out there that you need to be more careful. And you can't expect this guy to literally come out and be a top three guy locked you know and you got safer options you might want to explore them Christian McCaffrey is a big 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 red flag whether you believe in him or not you have to acknowledge you're taking as much risk as you are trying to you know absorb the upside Christian McCaffrey is one of the biggest biggest risks in fantasy football 2022 because his ADP and cost of entry is not dropping he's going in the top 5 there are people that literally are dumbfounded when they find this channel or go anywhere where people are thinking differently and they see that you ha- you don't have Christian McCaffrey one, or somebody will ask me a question in the comments that's brand new to the, to the channel and I respect them and I want them to stay. I'm not saying it's a negative, but they'll say something like, hey, um, the number one is, are, who are we going at number one, JT or Christian McCaffrey? And I know that person is brand new. And then I introduce myself and I say, I'm Smitty <laughs> and, and welcome to the show. Uh, but, but like, people assume that those are the two players that I'm debating. Hey, Smitty, which one are we going, CMC or, or L, uh, JT? And it's like, CMC is not even in my consideration. I'll take all three of the wide receivers over Christian McCaffrey. All three of the top dog wide receivers at a PPR over McCaffrey. All day long. Uh, punch that thumb up button on your way in the door. Appreciate you all being here. Um, uh, Terry says no way. Walker is ready for uh week one. He will miss four to five weeks uh into the season. I don't think it's gonna be that far, Terry, because it's not a sports hernia. Um, but I do believe you are correct that it's not gonna be rose petals and buttercups and butterflies for week one. But will he be out four to five weeks? No, it's not. If it was a sports hernia, he could be out, he could be out months. But it's not a sports hernia. The news broke that it, it is a different hernia. Um, positioning, all that stuff matters. Severity, all that matters. There's no there's no blanket time frame you can put on a, a hernia. But if it's not a sports hernia, it, it, we're looking a lot better. A lot better, bro. Um, I think he'd definitely be ready for week two or three or whatever. Would I be shocked if he had a setback or something? No. Uh ETN definitely to the moon. ETN's absolute moon man. The moon man dropping loads in outer space. What do we do with this guy? I'm not taking him off the moon man list, but it would be it would be it wouldn't be crazy to do this. Just to give Hertz the proper respect that he deserves and warrants and to to, to to make sure that we're evaluating the ADP and cost of entry and opportunity of Walker appropriately, I think this could end up being a pretty good um, swap out. so we'll put we'll put Hertz there because Hertz is headed to the moon in a way that I think is going to absolutely win leagues. Walker will eventually get there, but I want to make sure this list represents the current moon men, like the guys that are out there in space, in the spacesuits right now, so we'll leave Walker on the moon men list for sure, but he's in a reserve role, ready to explode, ready to explode. Um. Oh, I think I missed that it, was a, that it wasn't was a sports hernia, yeah, that news broke, right. That's, we went live because of it, so this live stream launched a whole hour early. Um, and it was to break that specific news. Don't expect much early, even before the hernia, says Michael. Yeah, that's the thing that people need to understand is like, this might not change the trajectory at all for his climb into the lineup. He still might have not done it until week five or six anyway, fully. So, um, where are we at? Uh, shoot for the moon, land among the satellites for Kenneth Walker. I like that. I like that. Where's Iuke at on the moon man list? Um, he's not a moon man, but I think he's got a lot of upside and appeal, bro. A lot of upside and appeal. Smitty has oh, already got to that question. Let's see. Um, let's go to the voicemails. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, let's, let's go to the voicemails. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the fantasy
1: football show on the gram. Tell your grandma, he'll punch you in the throat.
2: I don't know if we've got to these questions yet. We will see if these are old.
6: Hey Smitty, here's an example. Uh, what's your thoughts on getting like, let's say you get a Joe Mixon? And then later on in the draft, you get a Burrow. What's your thoughts on that? You got a Burrow and Mixon. With the both of them on the same team, uh, aren't you capping your upside, so to speak?
2: So when you do multiple players from the same team, actually, let's go to the marker board over here. Let's take this... Uh... Let's take this to this marker board. So, in the case of drafting multiple players to multiple teams, can you guys hear me okay? I think we're good on the volume. When you're taking, like, let's use an example of of 2021, okay? So, in 2021, when you would take a guy like Tyreek Hill, in 2021, again, this is this is last year, you'd take Tyreek Hill right here, you take uh, Mahomes who would kind of go here. And, and people would say you shouldn't take Mahomes here, but if you wanted to own him, uh, Mahomes would go this early. You would have two pieces of your team, your draft capital tied up in a first and second round pick. So if the Chiefs did bad or Mahomes did bad, because Hill can't do very well if Mahomes has a bad game, or whatever, Uh, you have literally just these secondary guys to kind of carry your team, and that firepower is not quite, you know, there to, to, I think, carry you week in and week out, where you kind of have a vulnerable team to the Kansas City Chief offense and, and what they've got going on. However, you take a guy in 2022, this is this season, you take a guy like Jamar Chase right here, and you take a guy like Burrow right here, You have yourself a stack above all stacks. This is my favorite stack in fantasy football 2022. My absolute favorite stack. But you have a situation where this stack is so spread out, it's not putting you in a vulnerable spot if the Bengals have a bad game. Because if the Bengals have a bad game, you've got your second round, your third round, your fourth round, your fifth round, a ton of draft capital, a ton of firepower. To carry your team in in a, in the in the event that the Bengals have a bad game, so a lot of it depends on where these are. So if you say Burrow and Mixon, and Mixon's going right here, you don't have a lot of draft capital. You have even less draft capital tied up in the Bengals' offense. So is it risky? No. You've got a player here. You got a player here, 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 and it's not going to hold you back if anything goes wrong. So hopefully that answers the question for you. And gives you perspective as to what really could take you out and make you a very vulnerable team to one team. Mixon and Burrow are very spread out. They're not together, both high draft capital guys. Burrow is an absolute steal. Um, Adam says, hey, Smitty, love the show. 12-team super flex. Keep Justin Jefferson in the third or Mike Williams in the ninth. Uh, JJ in the third. As much as I like Mike Williams, as much as that value is really good, uh, JJ in the third is plenty good and puts you in a prime position to dominate. And the question is, do you have a better team with that third round player and Mike Williams or JJ and a player downstream? I think you can land that player downstream like a Damian Pierce or somebody, and you're going to like your JJ and Damian Pierce better than liking Mike Williams in the third rounder. In a keeper format, where the third round's essentially a fourth round pick, you know what I mean. So give me, give me JJ all day. Tips for drafting from the eight spot in a twelve man PPR league. Yeah, if one of the big three wide receivers fall, Cup, Jefferson, Chase, smash it. If not, I'm loving Swift in PPR. I love Najee at that spot. Those are two of my go tos, and you should be able to get at least one of them. I'd probably rank them in order: the wide receivers. Then Najee, then DeAndre Swift. That's how I do it, broski. Smitty, school in session. That's right, Ryan. That's how we do it. Uh, like Iuka as my wide receiver three four. I I could get on board with that. I mean, not yeah three four is fine. I mean four is better. You all trade yeah uh Damian Pierce and a 20, first for Kenneth Walker and a twenty twenty five second. No, I mean, look, this is hard for me to say. As of this moment, Damian Pierce is on the way up. This is me being real with you. This is me not digging my heels in. I love Kenneth Walker. But Kenneth Walker has a certain value and cost of entry that you either you either play the game or you put yourself in a position where you get burned. Kenny Walker is valued so low right now, you have every opportunity to own a boatload of short shares at a good reasonable value that is baked in to the situation okay Damian Pierce in a 23 first is worth more than Kenny Walker right now whether you like Kenny Walker or not you got to play the game you got to sell stocks buy low and sell stocks appropriately not try and buy what you think it's going to be someday you can't buy a $100 stock at $200 because you are almost certain it will someday be worth 400 you have to buy $100 stock at $100, not at $200. So it might surprise you to hear me say this, but Damian Pierce is on the way up. Pierce in the 2023 first are just war- worth more than Kenny Walker. And that's not a knock on Walker, that's a realistic evaluation of the current climate. And you got to take advantage of those things as an owner and be smart. And make decisions like that along the way. You have to make decisions, proper decisions as an owner. Separate what you feel is going to happen when the ADP and cost of entry doesn't make sense. And that's a real answer from somebody that loves Kenny Walker, bro. you got to play the game properly. And and otherwise you end up getting hit. And you end up getting hurt. Uh, Smitty, keep Javante third round or Jefferson fourth round? Jefferson, fourth round. I mean, think about it from this way, this perspective, RP. Who are you taking first in a draft anyway? You're taking JJ. JJ's got a, a deeper keeper value. So, like, you know, if they were both in the fourth round, you'd still say JJ. But the fact that JJ's got the better keeper round, the later draft selection you're writing him into, and you take him higher than Javante anyway, like, it's like a double, a double, you know, Confirmation that the answer is JJ without a question or hesitation. I think it's raining. Um, hey Smitty. I drafted Lance and Tua in a two QB fantasy league, and I'm in am I in trouble? I do have Lamb, Chase, and Cook. Uh no, you're not in trouble. I mean, is a acceptable second quarterback. Lance is an absolutely acceptable quarterback one are you running the risk a little bit that maybe a little bit it's a risk we're taking like i'm not worried about that make sure davis mills isn't available or some something crazy like that bro i love davis mills all right terry what i mean is uh captain you're upside on your fantasy team yep thank you terry hey smitty
6: with uh this news that joe burrows thing uh, appendix ruptured
2: How far does this drop his value to greatness for us? Joe Burrow is fine. Joe Burrow is a monster. Joe Burrow is is an absolute machine. Don't worry about Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow drops it all, that's fantastic news for all of us. Joe Burrow is completely going to be fine, bro. Kenneth Walker, I'm trying to think, some of these messages, how old are they?
6: And I mean greatness because uh, we're gonna get a better value out
2: of our We're already seeing him drop around and a half in some cases.
7: Hey Smithy, can you break down why you're lower than consensus on
2: Michael Pittman? Um You know, I don't I don't know why everybody's got him so high. I like Pittman. Pittman's one of those guys he falls into the acres. Uh, Deontay, um, almost like that underdog player that people just absolutely love. The Higgins over Jamar Chase, some people are like pro-Higgins, pro, pro Higgins and they just it's just that underdog mentality. It's always the same type of person that loves Pittman in the top of round three and will literally argue to the end of the earth that he's worth a top of round three. It's not that I don't like him. I like Pittman. If you ask me this question a certain way, you're going to get a very positive answer. Like, what do you think Pittman's going to do In 2022, I think Pittman could have a great year. I think Pittman could flirt with big wide receiver top, wide receiver one to two type numbers, or at least elite wide receiver two numbers. He could flirt with those numbers. But Pittman isn't a guy we're locking into third round value, or at least I'm not locking into third round value until he proves it. That's like coming in at a high point and saying, I just want to pay the highest value possible because I want to be a part of it. Like, I get it. I mean, you do that with first-round guys, right? But to go after Pittman as a third-drafted player, I mean, if it's like late third-drafted player, it's one thing. But to take him like at 3.2, 3.4, I see him go that high and I'm like scratching my head. Like, how on earth? Like, could he get there? Sure. But how on earth is he deserving of that yet? You know? So, I don't think we can put Pittman in the top of the third yet. That doesn't mean I'm, I am i don't think I'm not much lower on him. I just think you need to go. He's a good fourth-drafted player. He has a lot of upside and room to improve. Uh, but taking him at the top of three. The phone line's open right now, Doug. You can keep saying you try calling. You say that every time. The phone line's open right now. Dial right now, Doug. Dial right now, Doug. And let's see if you even call. Because I don't think you'll call. I don't think you'll ever call. Phone line's open for you. Let's see if you're for real. Hey, Smitty, can you break down uh, the Bruce?
1: Cool. Hey, Smitty, what do we
6: think of this report that supposedly Aaron Rodgers isn't happy with his receiving core? You think it's a lie, or you think that
2: he's uh, he's really uh, disappointed in the people they brought in? uh the thing about a Rod is A-Rod will oftentimes... Yeah, Doug, I don't hear you calling, bro. That's what I thought. Uh, the, the thing is, you don't hear A-Rod... You hear A-Rod speak a lot of truth. He doesn't really beat around the bush. The question is, are the reports being, you know, twisted up? And a lot of people speak for A-Rod, so it's hard to know. But well, it wouldn't shock me if A-Rod was, like, bluntly honest that he's disappointed here, disappointed there. I mean, what do you expect? Not you, Bruce, but what does anybody expect, you know, out of a, a wide receiver room that goes from... Devonte Adams, which makes a lot of the wide receivers around him better because they see lesser coverage and all that, less pressure. Um. But <laughs> I mean, like, of course he's going to be disappointed. But but Dubs Dubs is the guy I think could be the savior. I think Dubs could be a special player. But but A Rod might need more than one. You know, season to create a monster out of him, but maybe he does do well. Doug, I don't understand. I'm waiting, Doug. We're waiting, Dougie. Dougie says these things like I've, I've tried to call. I tried to call Smitty. Just waiting here for Doug. Yeah, I mean, into Ron's point, A. Rod's always honest. You know. He's always honest. The way people twist up his words is one thing, but um I have to I haven't heard the full the full interview yet, to be honest. Um but yeah, he's not happy. I know that. I've I've heard a lot of clips and of of people speaking about it and breaking it down too. And I always wonder you always wonder what's going on in this guy's head. I mean, he's definitely an odd bird. Like as much as I love rod arod is a strange guy the way he talks about you know his his euphoric states and such I mean he's he's definitely a strange guy yeah Doug, Doug's not calling it Doug's Doug's always got uh some excuse Terry Hey, Smitty. Terry here um
7: when it comes to stacking uh, in my league that we're in uh We also give out, uh, besides the six points for the quarterback touchdown pass, six points for the uh, receiver, running back, tight end uh, pass catch as well. Uh, We also uh, reward a bonus six points uh, for 40 yards and over to the house. So now you're looking at six points for the touchdown pass for uh, the quarterback plus another six points for that 40-plus, and for the receiver, uh, six points for the touchdown catch, and the six points for that 40-plus as well. So stacking is, uh, is big-time. In mind, guys love to try and stack, and there's always uh, guys that try to prevent that from happening. When a guy has, let's say, Jamar Chase, and at some p- point they're expecting him to draft Joe Burrow, <laughs> there'll be one guy from the league that will actually draft Joe Burrow just to keep him from getting that stack.
2: I mean, yeah, bro, to be honest with you, that league is, I mean, as fun as it could be, you're you're just, like, how do you provide content for that? You don't play in that league, you don't support that league from a content creator perspective, you're not going to get, like, accurate, like, advice. Like, I, I never understand why, I never understand why somebody would create a league and have it so that the scoring isn't even something that you've ever seen before. You know, like, how, how are you supposed to find content to support that? I don't know what to tell you, Terry. Terry, this is me not yelling at at, the, at you or anything. It's just, like, the you know, maybe you are the commissioner. But the commissioner, to create such a league, like, you'd have to play in it. Like, what if you bring a newbie in? They're not going to know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do walking in that league. I could only make my best educated guess, and i probably have to go through a year... It would be like playing fantasy football for the first season. You're always going to be bad at fantasy football your first year as you adjust to what the NFL's like versus fantasy football. And it's like, that's crazy to me. But, I mean, you're going to have the knowledge for your league on that, bro. What I love to stack? Absolutely. If you're getting all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, bonus points, sure. Sure. Hey, it's Manny Terry here. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. About oh, Denny's the- calling in. He's, He's Denny. 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 Smitty, are we going live? Smitty, we going live? He's Denny. 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 He's Denny. What's up, Denny? Denny's in the house, baby. What's Hello. up, Denny boy? Um, I Denny, I don't I'm know. If, I don't know if you can see the the show right now. If you're able to watch and, but you've got you've got an intro. You've got your own I intro. Have an intro. You have your own. Uh, can you watch right now? Want me play it again?
1: He's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm outside. I'm in the backyard. Okay, but, yeah, well I wouldn't mind hearing it. Okay,
2: yeah, sure. <laughs> you wouldn't mind hearing it. At one hour and thirty nine minutes into the show, you can replay it later. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play your intro. One hour and thirty five, thirty nine minutes. Here we go.
1: He's, He's Denny. 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 <laughs> He's Denny. <laughs> Did we just become best friends?
2: I don't know, Denny, Den- 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 I, do- I think you have 170 best friends all watching right now, Denny. They all love you.
1: Smitty, you, you want to do karate
2: in the garage? Karate- Let's do karate in the garage, Denny. Let's do it. Bunk beds. <laughs> we'll build bunk beds together. All right. Hey, Denny, what do you You don't even know. What do you got for me today? What?
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, is Walker hurt? I don't even know. I'm just trying to say uh, I... I don't even care. I'm not trying to be smarter than you. I hear people trying to be smarter
3: than you. Is Walker hurt or some shit? He,
2: he, had a, he had a, a hernia. It, it it was really bad news. It became better news. And then so forth. All
1: right. So here's
2: also what I have. Um, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, what a, same, yeah, old, what a, same old, same old, Yep, Zach may be ready for week one Maybe not Kenneth Walker may be ready for week one Maybe not Both of them probably won't be ready for week one But could certainly be ready for week two or three So, um You know
1: what I love about this community? You, yeah, yeah, yeah But then they go to, uh, um, They go to, uh Stockholm, whatever his name is The Italian king. No, you like that freaking Mike White though, huh? You guys I, gonna
2: love that guy, Flacco. Yeah, I, Mike White I like Mike White. I, you know, I, I'd I'd go in the garage and, and and play karate with Mike White and you, bro. We could be three best friends. <laughs> you know, I, I love Mike White. Uh, um, what
1: else you got? All right, Hall. Yeah, I got Hall.
2: You know what? You know what? I grab
1: them. I grab them in a fantasy. I'm only in three fantasy leagues. That's it. You know, uh, You know, some people go, yeah, I got him in a league. No, I'm in three dynasty leagues, all right? And the, 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 and we
2: meet
1: when we draft. And... Yeah. And that's what we do. But uh,
2: That's what you're born to do, Danny. It's me.
1: No, I freaking kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, I know you like Brees Hall. You know what I mean? I'm freezing good the choir.
2: Yeah, I love Brees Hall. What do you
1: do over the on it?
2: She's
1: talking to me. You're supposed to talk.
2: Okay, I'll talk to you, Denny. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. We're going to play a, a trivia game, or we're going to pay a, play a prediction game. Denny, who score? Just give me one, one, an- one word answers. Tell me the player who scores more in twenty twenty two fantasy football end of season. Who scores more, Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts? Joe Burrow, or uh, who was the second guy?
1: Jalen Hurts. Burrow, come on, man. Okay, that's, Bur- that's a layup.
2: Bur- Burrow, layup, layup. layup. Hey, give, okay. me okay. let's, let's, give me something hotter. Give me something hotter. Let's give Denny something hard. Okay, right. guys, ask on, questions for Denny. Anybody want- got a question? DK Metcalf, <laughs> all right. or I
1: kind of like that
2: guy a lot. D- I mean, yeah. Or Terry Scary McLaurin. DK Metcalf or Terry Scary McLaurin.
1: Who, who's the second guy, by the way?
2: Uh, Terry uh, McLaurin M- 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 Mecca.
1: Okay, Metcalf.
2: I don't okay. even
1: care who's on It's probably going to be um, Drew Locke going in them bobs
2: no, I just think so I, know, I I don't yeah,
1: think ain't going to be Geno Smith. Everybody it's,
2: says that, but I think it's Gino, bro. It's Gino. First of all, Drew Drew Lock got the nineteen.
1: All right, you think
2: so? Yeah, you yeah.
1: Know, I, I don't even want to be right, but I, I I think Drew. Oh, and let me say, he got COVID now. That's why they're benching him. Yeah. Okay. They just make up the fact that he has COVID enough. All right. Don't want to Denny, right. I just do
2: Denny. I got it. two. I got two more for. All you. Right. I got two more for you. Damian Pierce or all right, A. Or AJ Dillon, Damian Pierce, or AJ Dillon. Damian Pierce is the rookie running back all right,
1: for. The- all, right, all, right. That, all right, all right. I know you like this Pierce guy, and I don't even know. Like I haven't been studying enough, but he, he's like coming out of nowhere, this Pierce guy. But uh, Dillon, yeah, Dillon Pierce, <laughs> guaranteed. I put, I, I, you know what? I put, I put a month's pay on Dillon. <laughs> oh, Point wise, come on, months pay on that uh, Oh you like this Pierce guy? It's a little cute, no I know what you are doing here, Smitty, <laughs> and I don't like it. He's not developed. No, uh, no, 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 don't give Bob beat this guy by one hundred points. All right,
2: give me another, give me another months pay. Okay, okay. Let let let's go. <laughs> let's go with the second one. Let's keep Damien. Let's keep with Damien Pierce because we we clearly hit a nerve with Damien Pierce. Damien Pierce, no, no, Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson? Damien Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson? Who's
1: the second guy again? Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Ramondre. Uh, laundry in your
2: mouth. Laundry in my mouth? No. <laughs> Ramon, Ramondre,
1: no, Ramondre.
2: Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs>
1: well, you know where I'm from, right? So you obviously know by my accent where I'm from, and you know how Billichick ain't gonna let anybody. Eat, all right, nobody's eating. No one's gonna be a star, and everyone's getting all hyped on Ramondre Stevens. But uh, who was that first your, <laughs> your fa- your Who's favorite, the first guy? Your your favorite your favorite
2: your favorite player, Damian Pierce.
1: Ah oh, no no no. Uh, Brett. <laughs> To the moon. No one's gonna ever lose here. Pierce is gonna lose You know what I'll ta- you know what I'll actually because I'm from Boston, I'll take Ramon. All right, I'll ta- I'll take that kid. But you know what? As soon as you stop driving, it'll just be like let's go somewhere else. You can't nobody can enjoy themselves. Nobody can be it's just so I Okay. Uh, da- I Danny... remember the old days when from-
2: Denny, Denny, we we got you, man. Don't worry about it. Hey, let me get you a new new name. We'll we'll stop talking about Damien Pierce. It's raising the blood pressure. Yeah.
1: I don't know why. I don't know what you see in this kid, but uh, you know, I kind of like it. And I just, I'm just pissed because I can't, I can't get them all labelized, and I've been trying. So that's just, I'm just, I'm just jealous. Okay, l- I'm just jealous. Last one. I can't, I can't pick him up anyway.
2: Yeah, last one, Denny. Mike Thomas? All right. Michael Michael Thomas. Saints wide receiver. Michael Thomas or or all or Almond Ross Saint Brown. Michael Thomas or Almond Ross Saint Brown? Who you like more?
1: Uh, uh Saint Brown. Because I actually saw him make some nice yeah, oh, I, I saw I saw him make a nice shake and bake. I saw him run a right a nice route, actually. Saint Brown oh, St. Mike. Sprinklers are going off in my yard, Smitty. The sprinklers. Smitty. I wish I was right, Smitty, my sprinklers are going off in my yard. That's yeah, Same round. Same round. Oh, right, Smitty,
2: I love you. All right. Denny, I'll, I'll talk to you later, pal. We'll talk to you later, uh, pal. Get... Yeah, you know,
1: Smitty, you the best. Yeah, same round. Same
2: round. Go run in the uh, sprinklers. Go I run, run in the sprinklers. Have fun. Oh,
1: Remember that movie when he goes, off, uh, Happy Gilmore? All yeah. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chewing the cabin. Yeah,
2: I just got chewing again. I've got to be late <laughs> <But. laughs> The Denny. Denny is just a legend. I mean, I, I probably get no. I get more requests for Denny to come on here.
4: He's, He's Denny. 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 He's Denny.
2: Uh, try calling back in one more time. Sorry about that. I missed it. Uh, you're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? You're live on the show. You're no longer live on the show. You got to be prepared. Uh, you're You're live on the show. Who am I talking to? it's my dog. My dog. What's up, my man? How are you? I'm oh, pretty good.
7: I got a question for you. Okay. I want to write this one down a little. A couple of curious about here. Okay. I want you to rank these running backs. I'm ready. And what round you would start to look to grab? Hit me. All right. Okay. Dylan Hunt, C-E-H. Pollard, Stevenson, Walker madison
2: herbert algier okay 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 we're getting a little bit too long there let's 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 keep the let's keep it simple we'll go with the first grip grip of guys you said we can't go through the whole the whole league uh dylan 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 Dylan, is yeah dylan's like uh i don't know i mean everybody in the chat toss out a a round you would the the earliest you take dylan I think round six, seven is where you're going to see him go. I think five is too early. I don't think I'd go five. Um, I would say uh, Hunt is probably around seven. I would say Clyde's around seven, eight. I would say Pollard's around seven. Stevenson's now climbing into six, seven. Walker's now like nine. So, you know. About that late, huh? Yeah. Walker Walker for sure. So D- Dylan's around okay. six seven.
7: Yeah, I got I I draft coming on Saturday, so these guys are uh, guys I'll be targeting later. So I'm just roughly figuring out roughly what round I should start reaching for these guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it depends. Flow of drafts you know, means a lot too. You know, you don't want to take these guys hey, in what the are you round. round about, I'm Ron? saying.
7: When you think of that Robinson kid from Washington, you think he's moving up the charts quick? Should I keep an eye out earlier or let him try to fall in the late, late round?
2: I mean, B-Rob B Rob is really, really an intriguing player right now. Gibson is the handcuff. Brian Rob- Robinson's the starter. Brian Robinson's a starter. Gibson is the handcuff. But what I think people are going to do, this is the nature of the psychology behind all this, right, is that... You're disappointed with Gibby right now, right? You don't want to own Gibby. People that own Gibby want to wash their hands of them and give you could almost offer anything to a Gibby owner, and you could probably get Gibby pretty cheap. Um Gibby's now become a very good handcuff. You know? Gibby's a very, very good handcuff. Like Gibby is Gibby's on the Madison level. Like, like there as much as you want, we want to hate Gibby, we want to say Gibby's trash, whatever. Gibby going. In handcuffed territory makes him one of the better win a league type handcuffs in fantasy football. So people need to like reassess their way of looking at Gibby because Gibby's not a starter anymore, and and B Rob is the guy. B Rob will pass him. You'll be taking B Rob before you take Gibby, and I don't know how high Gibby could climb. He could climb into the he could climb into the sixth seventh round. It all depends on what he looks like, how the the where the buzz is. Right now, he's probably eight. 789 I don't know. I mean, we don't really know. We don't have a good feel of where Brian Robinson, the rookie running back for the Washington Football Team, commanding field general presidents. Uh that's who we're talking about. If anybody doesn't know, Brian Robinson, the rookie running back for the the Commanders, where does he go? We don't know. No one knows where his ADP truly is. But but I mean, he certainly is going to climb. So, let me give you an example. There's a, a my best guess on where Brian Robinson is going to go is still around 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Like, seriously, that big of a range. One person said they got him around 16. He was available in oh, wow. two of my leagues three days ago on waivers. He didn't get drafted. Like, so it's a wide range. Complete wide range. Right. It, it, it really is going to depend on where, how this news is affected how, how quickly this news trickles into there's a lot of people that don't stay on top of things. Like, there's rep- people are in here saying Gibby's going around seven still in their, in their most recent draft. Who knows how long it takes for it to adjust, but, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, know that, I don't know that I'd take him any earlier than you have to, like, that's for sure. Like, I, I think Brian Robinson's so far down on the pre-rank list, and there's no way ADP data or pre-rank lists have adjusted yet. To the news that Gibson is running with the third team. Gibson is doing uh, a part of special teams now. Um his fumble, his bad preseason play, the pre-rank lists are not even close to updating to that. And there's a really, really, really good chance, really good chance that the before week one kickoff, we don't see a single change in his ADP or his pre-rank list. So that means that Robinson's not going to be pressured. Or the pre ranked list won't pressure anybody to take him, and so we're probably looking at bro. We're probably looking at B Rob being a steal. The remainder, hit and miss, but a steal on and off all the remainder of the of the twenty twenty two draft season. So it, it, don't reach yeah. more than you have to. You could you could get him in double digit rounds, but I'm just saying he could climb.
7: Right, I was thinking round ten was when I was going to probably go from. but sure. I didn't want to be too early on it.
2: But well, look at the rank. you know. I mean? Yeah, look at the rank. If he's if he's still way down there, you don't have to take him in ten. You know, so it's right. all it's all up to that pre-rank. I can't gu- I can't guide you. The pre everybody every platform will be different too. Okay.
7: Now I know I know you really love Rashard White around right, round ten. Do you think that I should target Robinson if he's? Um, Right here with White at that same time over White, or you still like White better?
2: I like I like B Robinson more than I like Rashad White right now quietly because he's getting goal line work okay. right now. He's gonna get maybe eight to ten touchdowns in my mind right now. Whereas I love Rashad White, but Rashad White, like you got to be honest with yourself and say, okay, he's still got to have things happen, and I think they will. But but he's more of a, a longer shot. You know, bet right now than than brian robinson brian robinson before that game when gibson fumbled the football and pretty much fumbled his opportunity away i mean yep. you're talking about you're talking about he was already losing his goal line carries brian robinson was already the goal line back walking into that preseason game so uh gibby is now the one of the better handcuffs in fantasy football that that it's going to be hard okay. for a lot of people will not accept that because they're going to hate Gibby, but he flipped, he flipped from a starter to a backup. And, and at some point you got to reassess that and go, okay, Gibby could win a league as a cuff <laughs> or a standalone, like sleeper sleeping giant. Now, like I, I'm not saying Gibby is right. worth taking in even round eight anymore, but when you're talking about drafting, all of these backups that are not starters, like Rashad White, Gibby's right there. Gibby's home run, league-winning potential now in his new reserve role. You know, because if Brian Robinson got hurt, Gibby would certainly get shoved out there. But but don't take him any higher than you have to. Okay.
7: Even, it, even Madison, was am surprised because Cook always seems to get hurt. Uh, every mock I do, I'm getting Madison 12, 13, 14 rounds. Yeah, I feel like that's so I lo- late that I love Madison, people bro. are forgetting about him or they're sleeping on him. But I just feel like if I try to wait that long, something's going to get crazy like a nice round of and grab I'm going to go, Dan, you know, I could have got him earlier, but he's just been falling in every draft. I just don't know what to get him with ADPs. That kind of like got my head all, all over the place. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah. It, it is weird, though, like I saw a couple comments, and I'm not sure if these are meant negatively negatively toward what I've said or they're joking about the, the ironicness of the ADPs, but someone said you uh, you can't take – how can you pick a cuff before a starter? Says Michael, and I, and again, I don't know what Michael was meaning by that, but it's a good comment to what I'm trying to say. It's like Brian Robinson still, according to the pre-rank list, he's going to be shoved into people's the forefront of people's minds – at the end of the draft. You know, if they don't if they aren't on top of it going, "Okay, who do I take here?" Oh, I'm going to scroll all the way down and take Brian Robinson. Like you'd have to cognizant, you got to have you got to be cognizant of it. You got to you got to have a uh you have to have it on your mind, the forefront of your mind. You have to have another set of rankings that you have that are sitting there saying, "I moved Brian Robinson up because any rank, rankings you print out from anywhere, any rankings that are used in the software, no one's rankings are going to have Brian Robinson appropriately ranked. So the person that is going to get cute and draft him way above his actual pre-ranked list or ADP has to somehow have moved him up personally or written his name down or something. They're not going to even be thinking about him. And so to this point of Michaels, you literally, if you want to own both Washington runners, and I'm not saying it's a great plan of attack, but let's say you botched, quarter, you botched the running back to drafting. You've done an awful job. You sharded the bed. And you don't have a running back too. You technically could get Gibby and and B Rob and actually fill that that hole pretty nicely if in a botch you know scenario, not one you'd want to go attack, but like if you had no other option and you'd have to draft Gibby ahead of B Rob. So to this point, you would be drafting the backup over the starter, and then drafting the starter later. I mean, that's right. just the way it would be. At some point, I do think. They will change, and you'll see B Rob go higher. But maybe we won't. Maybe the ADPs, like I said, may not adjust enough enough in time because we don't we don't have a, a ton of time yeah, hoping, left.
7: Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to in the 12th, 13th, 14th round, and you know, on Saturday, and these guys haven't adjusted yet. That'd be great.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I got
7: one other quick question. Uh huh. One other quick question for you. So I'm here, I'm hearing a lot of talk. Uh, about everybody saying that rounds three through six are known as the re, uh, running back dead zone. How do you feel about that?
2: I people are trying to make up a buzzword to, you know, it's drier, but is it dead? No, I mean Etn, Brees Hall, um, these guys live there, and they're they're fantastic picks. Um, like, Elijah Mitchell's yeah. in like five, but they're they're running backs. It's a lot yeah. thinner, you know. It's a lot thinner, but um, I don't know. I call it a dead zone. So
7: yeah, like I said, that's the buzz here. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll probably create a video on it because that's
2: the terminology people are using for it. But but I'll, I'll probably like you know say it's not dead. It's like a it's not it's a kind of a ghost town. Yeah. But but I mean, you look at uh, you look at the list of players. Like, let me pull up uh, some consensus data, and I'll give you my take on. On the uh, running backs well, like, in the Paul. supposed dead zone. So the dead zone's like what, three, four, roughly?
7: Three, three through six, they're saying roughly. So yeah. Like Paul, ETN, Elijah Mitchell, A.D. You know, all those guys I like, but they're saying it's a dead zone. It's a, that's when you're supposed to ignore running back, or wide receiver, go tight end, go quarterback. Yeah. So Br- like, I guess the numbers don't uh, every year show up Yeah, those so areas.
2: Brees Hall. Um, ETN. Elijah Mitchell would still fall in that category then. Um I mean it is dry. I don't know I, I don't know if I call it dead because there's at least one of those running backs every like seven picks, but I mean it is it is drier. It is drier for sure. Um I mean with Monty, see here's the thing, Monty's falling out of that now. Uh, JK I'm not going near Gibson's falling out of it Absolutely. now I would say it's becoming a dead zone now it hasn't been a dead zone because there have been these potential options like even Gibby was an option in like 5 or 4 or 5, five and then it moved to 6 then it moved to 7 then it moved to 8 I would say dead right. zone's more appropriate now than it ever was that's for sure like I'm looking at right now there yeah. literally are only 3 running backs in the uh
7: Three
2: or four rounds. that's gets there. Yeah.
7: Um. Let's see here. Well, that's what I was thinking about. About going swift and Javante, like you said, at the ten spot, double up, and then rounds three through five or three through six, just load up on, you know, maybe a Herbert or something, and then three or four receivers or tight end, and just kind of stay out of that dead zone. And then I guess it's supposed to get better after round seven or eight. You start to get the yeah, you know the,
2: the you know
7: the Hears of the Stevensons, the Walkers.
2: You know, you know maybe. Maybe I'll do a video on how the dead zone didn't exist, but now it does. Like, people have been using the term for a while, but now it actually really is getting a, to become a ghost town zone. There really aren't a lot in there in that range. I mean, just because Monty, Gibby, they're all dropping out as of the last week or two. Uh, hold on one second for me. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, uh, hang tight, or I'm going to hang up on this call um, and then call back in a few if you have another question. You guys it. Thanks, All right, guys, bear with me one second. All right. After Hall ETN, it is bad. Like, here's what I was I was saying. I was going to say that Dead Zone... I didn't like the word Dead Zone. I thought Dead Zone was overused, and it was. But it's starting to look real. It's starting to look like a real term, to be honest, looking through. Let's go from, like, number 28 on, like... Zeke Elliott potentially could fall in that third round, but a lot of people are taking Zeke in, like, the second round right now. So Zeke could be one of the running backs that you're you're actually looking at. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What's up, What's man? Smitty, it's Zach. What's up, Zach?
5: I've called, a, I've called a few times to hear about your auction concept, but my draft is tomorrow, and I know you've kind of switched off between what your favorite strategy is and I want to hear what your favorite strategy is right now for my auction draft tomorrow. Do I go Jamar and Burrow, or do I go Javante and Swift, or do I go Hall, Etn, Javante? Give me your best, your best auction squad.
2: Um, I I don't know that I've changed anything. So you said that you know that I've changed my auction strategy. I don't think I've changed my auction strategy. Um, mine's pretty much been the same all offseason. I I am I'm definitely going to advise you to try and win some of these um, players like JT and Naji and cup and Jefferson and chase and and so on right but you got to actively try and bid because you don't want somebody to, to just like accidentally get them at a low low value so you got to be active even when you aren't targeting certain players. But at the same time, you don't want to overbid and get stuck. Too many people try and like do some kind of weird high bid like when the person's near the end of the road, like don't try and don't try and finagle people out of a couple bucks when it could make you end up being forced to take the player. But you definitely want to be active in the players that you would be happy owning. Like if you're not targeting JT cuz he's too expensive, at least play the game for as long as you can and then if he goes too high then boom, that's fine. You know, a lot of money just went off the board. So that person's not going to be able to buy Javante at the price they would have had they not won JT at a high value. But my strategy has been the same the whole time. It's like I wouldn't mind going after Jamar Chase first. You know, like don't call him out. Let somebody else call him out. And if he doesn't get called out, then keep, keep, you know, doing your normal routine. You, when you're on the clock to throw a name out, throw a name out you don't want that's really going to go for a lot of dollars and then let everybody just spend money. But like if you take, jamar chase and then you use the remaining money to try and get javante and swift and hall and those guys and st brown and then you get burrow like that is a typical strategy i will even though i don't cement myself into anything that is one that i feel like overall the values will be good on on average and i will go and try and uh, acquire them so I'll definitely use that that strategy like chase and burrow is pretty much my favorite strategy in fantasy football 2022 whether it's auction, redraft, doesn't matter like that that is a stack that I want
5: so how much is too much to spend on like one of those top players like Jamar for example because I know on ESPN he's projected to go for like 65 but that feels like so much of my money going towards one player
2: um, just try and get Cup out there. Try and get, uh, try and get, you know, JJ out there to set a, a baseline bid on JJ. And if he goes for like fifty-eight, like, and you win him, it's like great, you know. But I think you could probably get him for around fifty-five to sixty, and I think that's acceptable. What you don't want is to end up getting to a point where like you have no players and you start getting to like ETN, and he's the best option, and then you have to spend you know, a boatload on e- ETN, you're spending 45 on ETN because some guy's going to just bid with you left and right. And you're like, come on! Like, this is the only person that's going to upbid ETN to the same value a guy went that's a top-five running back. You know, like, you're going to get screwed. And then if then if you're like, I'm not doing that, I'm not letting him strong-arm me, then right. you have all this money and nobody left. Like, so it's not bad to overspend a little bit, like 55 to 60 bucks on a, on one player. Um 70s getting a little hefty Um, but how many times have you left an auction where you have another extra $15 that man if I just would have added that to this player I could have got JT you know so it's kind of like a overspend on one like a Jamar Chase and then try and use everybody's like okay I need to penny pinch right now to try and land that ETN to try and land that Swift to try and land you know those, those guys But, but I, right. My other question was
5: when it it gets to like the end of the draft, when like players are going for like three, two, one dollars, those type of players, when you're trying to get a sleeper, should you throw them out and then like have the chance of other people bidding on them? Like, how do you get sleepers late in the draft and auction?
2: Mm, I mean, that's a tough one because if you, have one player. Um, I love how I love how my the Zigmeister is recommending a song to me right now randomly called Denny, something Denny. <laughs> it's listening. These things listen to you, bro. Like out of nowhere, it's it's recommending playing a song called Denny. Unbelievable, the Zigmeister. Um. <laughs> So, uh, wh- what else you got? Oh, sorry. What was the last question you answered? Sorry, I got distracted.
5: How do you how do you get sleepers in an auction draft? Because I want to get oh, yeah, them yeah. for like $1, $2, maybe even $3. But I don't want to end up spending so much for a sleeper.
2: Yeah. Um, I think you, I mean, you obviously want to, if you have like a couple bucks and nobody has a couple bucks, that's the most ideal. Because then, when you and you can call them out. Like if everybody's got a buck or two, and you've got four dollars, you don't have to be afraid of calling the player out because you have the ability to outbid anybody. So, if if you're in a position where you have no money, and a couple people have ten bucks, you want to wait, man. You want to wait. If you've got zero dollars, it's a it's a tough spot to be in because if you have zero dollars and the person with ten dollars calls your player out. And they win them for one dollar you can't even bid so it's like a, it's like it's, it's kind of a touch and go thing a case-by-case case basis type of thing because you may have one dollar left for each player so you have like no money left and if you throw that player out for one dollar the person with ten dollars might not want them whereas somebody else could do it and you can't bid on it so it's it's a touch and go you know case-by-case case situation there's no real answer he's got to go with the flow like anything you got to go with the flow.
5: Right, right. All right, thanks, Mitty. I appreciate it. By the way, your show has just gotten so much better throughout like the last couple of years. It's gotten so much better. I love your content. It's amazing.
2: I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Call back, call back yep. anytime. Later. Thanks, Mitty. Yep. Sorry, I have people at the door. I have issues here in the house right now nothing emergency like but just like distracting issues and so i would like not focused on some of the questions so sorry about not paying attention to that question zach uh i was a little distracted okay what are we doing here play the denny song again sure let's do it denny if you're watching this is your song buddy boy this is your song you ready denny
4: he's, he's denny
3: denny, denny.
2: Denny Denny song, he loves it New Noah Can you explain the whiteboard tool That you do with the squares Can I explain the whiteboard tool That I do with the squares What do you mean What do you mean bro I mean I have a whiteboard But I don't know what you mean by that I go to the whiteboard all the time Uh, yeah, I'll probably be live on IG with Raj tonight for sure. We'll be talking foosball. No doubt about it, broski. Um, Smitty. Yes, there are some seriously serious deals at the end of the draft. I mean, yeah, you could get like a Damian Pierce, or uh, Brian Robinson, all those guys for zero bucks, you know, for, for $1, depending on if you have to allocate $1. He's talking about the risk map. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we have the risk map. We, we could definitely go over the risk map. Um, the risk map is pretty cool. We yeah, we got to create a, we got to bring the series back on the risk map. The risk map is pretty dope. Let me go ahead and do something real quick. I've got writing all over this board. Let me take a photo of it and then erase it cuz I was doing some stuff with this. Okay, so here's the risk map. The risk map is very simple. We plot a player on the risk map. And if you wanna give me a name to throw out, we'll throw it out. This is the upside from zero to 10. If it's a player under five, they're kind of worthless this point so we don't even really need to m- plot them we could just like kind of say it's down here in the two or three range but here's your five uh this is your lack of risk right here your lack of risk score meaning that this 10 is the absolute best player for avoiding risk a five is really bad a one or zero is the worst so your your if you think of this like a risk score the reverse of it the lack of risk so if we throw a guy like uh, we got uh, we got Etn Mt and Zeke, okay, we'll we'll do it we'll do it there. Mt, Mt's got a lot of upside, right? Mt's got upside that I think I don't think he no he no longer has ten or nine uh, upside. He's been out of the game too long, and he's got too much. I don't know. I I would say limitations to his body to just bounce back to his old self. Could he still play good football? Per start, sure. But is he is he capable of being his same physical uh dominating self? I don't think so. So I would say that does he have the potential to be a seven or eight on the upside scale? Let's just say for a second that he did have the ability to be an eight, which would be this green cutoff of being like a really good player. Um his risk level is in the five, six, or seven range, in my opinion. So the the at best this guy can't breach into a positive territory. He's in, in my opinion, he's probably right around here. This is where i put MT. I don't think MT's got any better value than than that, which, you know, it's he's, own, he's worth owning. He's on this board. This is essentially like, you don't want to be on this board. If you're not, or you want to be on this board. If you're not on this board, you probably don't have a ton of value at all to even be worth owning. That's kind of why the cutoff is at five. It's like, who wants to own a guy that's four and four? Um, a guy like Zeke, He has a lot of upside, but his risk is huge. Um, I don't think he's got 9 or 10 upside anymore. These are guys that are are top 5, 10 capable, top 5 at their position, at least capable, you know, top 7, top 5, top 6, whatever. If we're talking about a guy that's going to be, you're going to be lucky to get borderline top 10 numbers if everything goes right for him, his risk is huge. I'd probably say he's under an eight for upside. I don't think he's got eight upside anymore. I think he did last year. Zeke's eight upside would be like what he did last year. He was borderline eight to 11, kind of on and off all year. I think he's below that. So we'll put him below, it, just in the red area. But I think his risk is is probably around that territory here. Um, the next player was, who did, who did everybody say? There was another good one. It was MT. It was Zeke. And it was ETN. Let's start doing some positive risk map, people. So in the case of, I think I actually have some of these already pre-cut. Yeah, I do. Perfect. Let's do some clean ETN. ETN has probably, if I had to guess, I'd say he has some some certainly has some risk, right, with the foot, but I would say he's in the positive territory across the, the the board. Or if you're even to say he had like a seven or eight risk, his upside is probably in the nine range. I don't think he lives in this unicorn box, which is the top right corner. Very few players are gonna live in this unicorn box. So I would say he's on the borderline of eight um seven for risk, just because of the foot injury. I don't think we can put him in the in the 8-plus area. I think we got to be fair and honest with it. There's some risk. There's situation risk. There's James Robinson everybody's worried about, which I'm not. But there's a lot of things that you could bring up to say that that's why he's not above the 8 barrier. So let's put him at like a 7.5 on risk, but put him at like a 9 on upside. So ETN is a player that is in the positive range uh, for both because even though his risk is very, very it's even though his risk is below 8 because he's above this mark here that below 8 isn't a negative it doesn't put him in a risk territory even though he's sub 8 he's below 8 in upside he's not in the unicorn box but because he's above that other upside 8 line his he has no red zone territory even if he was even if he had a risk of of uh let's say 6 he would still be in in a positive territory in both categories, even though his his lack of risk score is low because he's so high on this in this territory here, but ETN's about right there. Um, Javante Williams, I would say Javante. If I'm being completely honest, I think he is in the unicorn box, but I think he's on the 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 verge of potentially being on on that line. You know what I mean? Like Javante is probably either just slightly in the unicorn box with that 10 upside or nine and a half upside, but maybe he's borderline maybe he's on the eight maybe maybe you could say Melvin Gordon tearing into his early down work at least in weeks one two three four is enough to put him at eight and I could understand that I could accept that but he's still the highest ranked player on the risk map so far so far. you take a guy like uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, and you know you're getting a unicorn out of this guy. His upside's nine or ten. His risk is probably nine. I don't know that very many people are going to score a ten out of ten on the risk. There's always going to be a little bit, a little bit of risk with every player. JJ Jamar Chase is going to be a unicorn. Jamar Chase has probably got similar value to JJ. Uh, JT is going to be a unicorn. JT is going to have value that's probably probably risking to be in the 8, 8.5 range because he's a running back, but his upside will be 9 to 10, so JT's up in that area. Um, a guy like uh, um, Smitty hates tall wide receivers. No, I don't. I don't hate tall wide receivers at all. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to, uh, we don't need to go on why because everyone's already knows my stance. Derrick Henry has an upside of like probably right here. I don't think Derrick Henry's falling in this territory to be honest, I think his risk is very high or his, his lack of risk is a, as a low score. Like even if it was seven, cause he does, he's just a high risk of getting hurt. He's not a 10 out of 10 of not getting hurt or not having risk. His is probably here, but because his upside is still high, he's actually in a safe territory, but definitely in my mind is not top five worthy. It just depends on where you're drafting him. But because he's got that high upside, You could potentially, even if you put his risk at five, let's just say his risk was five or six, because I really think the guy is a strong chance of getting hurt. His upside for the games played is still at least an eight, let's call it there. He's still in that positive territory, which is a place where I'd trade him. Because there's there's still a lot of trade value there. It's not like everybody else is going to see him like this in here. They're going to see him in this box up here. So I would definitely trade him away though. But... His, his uh lack of risk is so his upside of course is he's huge you know per start he could be a monster but will he hold up that's why he's in this territory but his upside is so big he's got great trade value um I would say we'll do one more we'll do one more we'll do uh we'll do. Let's go with uh let me go with a wide receiver. Let's go with Tyreek Hill. I'd probably say Tyreek Hill's got an upside of eight or nine. He's got a lack of risk of probably right around this range, if I had to guess, and I'm just spitballing this. I don't think he's a unicorn of any kind, but he's certainly a decent value. Like he there's not a whole bunch of of risk here. So that's the risk map. Everybody seems to love that. We'll bring it back. We haven't done anything, uh, any, any part of that this year. And I could even clip this and put it up later. But definitely love the risk map. That's going to do it for today's show. We're ending a little early because we started early. We've been live for uh, two hours and 20 minutes. Appreciate everybody joining me. I will see you all later. Thank you for watching. Peace out. I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, every single Monday through Friday. You can find me on uh, on smitty1.com or the com, you can get your one-on-one text advice bold predictions rankings everything you can think of at the com. trade calculator dynasty content bold predictions but but probably one of the most important things is that one-on-one text advice go get it at thefantasyfootballshow.com appreciate you all great show today great news for Kenneth Walker hopefully he can get out there by week 1 or 2 let's be a little bit cautiously optimistic and not just take that week one pete carroll positive news you know as if it's like law um appreciate you all And, and as always anytime news breaks i try and go live here on the youtube channel and that's just how we roll i'll see you all tomorrow maybe tonight for mock drafts i'm not sure yet peace out Hit that thumb up button on your way out the door. Appreciate you all. See you maybe tonight for Mock Drafts. Not sure. We'll, we'll see. I don't want to promise, but we'll see. May, maybe some kind of uh, one-on-one questioning or whatever. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Peace out. Get briefed. Get briefed. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are gonna remember it. Get burrowed.